Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. It is the troublesome time of the bye period. It was four out, then two teams out, and now it's up into the six and the six. Most notably next week's going to be absolutely anarchy. <coughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Chris can't make it, but it is Swizz and myself. Easy apologies. I do apologize for not getting on much the last couple of weeks. Shit has been real. But before we move on, it's the Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the audio platforms as well. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it, and on the YouTube. Search for us, Supercoach Insider. Like, subscribe, get amongst the business. Swizz, how you doing, my man? Mate, it's been a pretty full-on couple of weeks, but we're here again and pumped. Pumped to talk Supercoach, so... Mate, thank God I'm here. You guys like break down when I'm not around. Oh, trying to technical difficulties oh, I know. I know and doing with that. It was editing footage at like midnight. Down. They're lot. They're lost, guys. They're <laughs> lost without me. It's a streamlined, simple process. Maybe and it's I, my fault. I don't fault. have to do all that. I just come here and show my pretty face and talk crap. And and that that, that that's Chris's role when you're not here. Yeah. <laughs> right, maybe I should Bellion. maybe I should upskill him uh, yeah, for those other times, but um. Yeah, look, it's. I do apologize. It's been very, very busy, full-on draining sort of where I am. So it's, you know, I haven't even done my team pod, so I'm going to have to, like, catch people up on a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, so that's pretty much where we're at with me. It's been a full-on tiresome period, but um, we won't talk about me because I'll tell people on my team pod. I am having a little shout-out today. I've gone the Irish um, because you were telling me, was it Uzen? Bloody the Irishman from Geelong is injured and he's not yeah. playing. He was going to get dropped anyway. They've got that many ins, but yeah, he's injured as well. So just cross him out. So many people, but not so many, but quite a few brought Went him early. in early thinking, yeah, he's somebody who might get me through the buys. Mm-mm-mm, bad mistake, that one. Another donut. Even it's not just him too. Like I feel like even as well he's been playing, Nevitt's getting out this week. They, they are- Nevitt? Never, they are making wholesale oh. changes at Geelong. No, never to yeah. mind. Never yes. to mind. It is happening. I think five changes. I, I think was it that's Dunk, what was Duncan like five, Danger Danger. Um, like what they put? They're Don Guthrie. Port. He's gone they're, for ages. They're, well, they're playing Port, so they need. But to win. this is this is a huge match for them. Like if the Cats were, I feel like if the Cats were like nine and three, you know, four or three or something like that, they probably don't rush them back. They go, okay, we cop the loss, or yeah, we we yeah give us our best shot with the team we've got out there. But they're six and six, knowing this is their chance to try to catch up on the eight, because obviously they've got a game in hand with the, um, you know, your Essendon Adelaide Bulldogs. Uh, so they've got really no choice. But And this is what we were saying about the Cats, unlike previous situations, especially last year, where they had the flexibility of, you know, resting players and, and man- list management. They have no choice at the moment because if they drop this game, uh, they are, you know, seriously looking down the barrel, especially they play the D's the following week. Like, this is a massive fortnight for the Cats. They've got to get it together. Speaking of getting it together, we're looking possibly, first of all, so the structure is we're going to look at some possible downgrade targets, the pros and, you know, I guess for and against for those options. Then we're also going to go, well, a little bit of strategy. How are you navigating through the buy periods? 
especially how to go through this week into next week and some different strategies you might be looking at and the uh, benefits or, yeah, we'll play the both sides. So I'll, I'll be, Swizz will be telling you all the good stuff and I'll be mm. the devil's advocate saying, you know, do not bring this person into your super coach side. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, much how we do it, it isn't it? That's usually, usually how it works and that, mate. And then I, I give you crap I when I'm six, right. I go at 60%, so we're all right. 60%. Ooh. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I go at, but look, we'll, we'll go through that. And then the last part is, is um, tossing up some of the premiums. There's not too many, I think what, six teams that have already played. So a bit of a, a toss up between like, Hey, if you had to choose one person to come in this week, which one would we prefer and why? Cause I think mm. that's pretty much covers every single scenario at the moment. You're either looking to get some cash and free up some to make some upgrades. Who would you upgrade to? Or you're like, Oh, you start to look at your side going, hang on. I've only got like 14 or 15 players next week. What am I going to do? which is where some people started to get a little bit trigger happy and started trading out your Zeebles and your Sheezles last week. But I digress. We'll move into it, Swiss. So first off, um, Kieran Briggs, can we – I don't want to talk about him because I <laughs> wanted to bring him in my side and my logic got the better of me because I'm sitting there going, I like I don't need him for this round because I've already got plenty of people on my team. And then the one after, I was like, okay, well, I won't play him in the ruck anyway. And then I'm, I need him for one round. So I was like, is it worth me burning two trades to bring this guy in for one round and maybe make me some cash? And next one, he's just dominated like 150K generation in two weeks, soon to be 200,000 or more in three weeks. And now people are starting to get all crazy talking about trading, trading out bloody English. Yes, trading English. <laughs> like that, what that, a luxury. That, and there's good reason to that. It's because you're mad. Briggs, Briggs is clearly the number one at the Giants. Even Footy Classified, we're talking about, you know, he, I don't think he's contracted next year. And clubs are talking about going after Darcy, saying, well, why can't you go after this guy at a discount price? Um, we know the Giants, like Flint's not a great ruck. Bruce is always injured. So he's a clear number one man there. And he looks great. Like he, he gets around the field really well. It's like a junior version of Sean Darcy. Going around there, just racking up possessions and using his big frame, getting forward, kicking goals, doing it all at the moment. Um, and he doesn't have some, like outside of Melbourne straight after the bye, he's got some good matchups in the ruck as well. So like even like this is a tough matchup this week normally against Fremantle, but there's no Darcy. Like he's just the old KOTD. Um, with the his ruck, ruck matchups at the moment, so are you sure there's no Darcy? Because they did say he might no. have the buy and miss one. Has he been? No, he's not out? playing this week. Man, I'm, I must have been missing a lot of footy chat to be yeah. honest the last no, few days. He, so he, he won't play. Um, did you notice Swiss side little sidebar? I'm wearing yeah, the D's. Well, yeah. I wasn't going to rock up here with Brisbane yeah. losing to Hawks and Richmond bloody winning in an upset over in the West. I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear the team that wins. And I thought I'll just um, support the D's for a moment <laughs> before I go um, going to the Gabba. Shout out as well. If you're going to the Gabba on Friday night, uh, I'll be there watching the Sydney Swannies uh, up at the Gabba. So that'll be really cool for those that are around as well. Richmond St. Kilda game. But yeah, are you coming up for the Richmond game? I know sometimes uh, we'll you do. We'll see. Well, it's, it, things have changed over the last week for me. You know that? So, yeah, just you know, went out and bought a house. So. Right. Yes. No. Fair yes. call. I was going to say no. they've changed as in <laughs> my, uh, Richmond uh, won a couple. My, my financial arrangement has changed a little bit over that, so we will see. And, and not just that, but it's everything that comes with it. You know, it's been a hectic, as I say, hectic last couple of weeks with a whole lot of other stuff going on. But no, um, congratulations. I did forget. Yeah, well done. That, mate. That's all good. Uh, yeah. So I was at a wedding. Congratulations to Rhiannon and Brad on uh, getting married finally. 
Uh, so we were, I was trying to keep up with the footy as much as possible. And I was like a little bit of the Brisbane Hawthorne game. Um, and so disappointed because obviously I had Lockie Neal vice captain and, and that didn't pan out the way it should have, but just couldn't believe how good the Hawks played of, of the very limited of a, of the game time I saw of that. Um, so it wasn't actually a great week for me of watching footy. I got to watch a lot of the North Melbourne Giants game because um, I was in a pub before going to see Baby Metal. And then we saw a little bit of Essendon and Carlton in the mosh pit <laughs> in between bands. So um, it was, yeah, I, I probably my, I think I saw not, like barely any of Sunday, not a lot of Saturday outside of listening to the Richmond Freo game while at the wedding when I could. And then the Monday game, I was actually out on Puff and Billy. So I, I saw you a little bit of Collingwood Melbourne. At so a wedding. I was like, I, I was, I was like, <laughs> how can, and I, and I listened to the last quarter. Too. I was like, <laughs> you can't do that. Well, there's, there's no like dancing, we're, like you know. Chris <laughs> by, went by to the... Chris went to an I think it was an engagement party, and it was Collingwood playing West Coast in the was it the first finals round, like top four over in the West, and he nearly got like not invited back. <laughs> like he was, and he's like, well, you know, I'm like this. Why would you invite me and put on the football? Yeah, and he's just right. like shouting at this engagement party at the TV with relatives everywhere. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, shout out to Damien Gunn as well. It was his engagement party, I believe. So yeah, Chris definitely tested the friendship limit. So, so, um, so yeah, so, so, Briggs. On, so on about Briggs, yeah. So I thought it was just the natural, any cash, um, like any cash cow. Like Is it too late? In, they make 150k and then you trade them out. And I thought he was the obvious one because he had the number one ruck roll. Now it's gone a lot better than what I thought, but I did say this guy's making 150k. Well, he's going to make 200k in the three start, weeks. In three weeks. Stupid. Uh, is it too late to get him in now, though? Yes, it is. Because I've heard some people like, talking about getting minus him. Six and they're saying 50, if he, but the problem is he's got the buy the following week and it's such a bad buy for everybody. So how are you managing that? Um, like if for whatever reason you just had loaded up on Geelong and Suns players and you know players in this round that are out, maybe you can somehow manage it. But you'd be you're not trading out the well. It depends, I guess, on what sort of ruck situation. Maybe if you're still I don't know holding Darcy or you had not one of the main rucks, like you're not trading out Marshall because he's playing the next two weeks. Um, yep. The English one's the real conversation going into next week. Oh, because- it's a rich man syndrome. So if you have Max Gorn, punt him. Like that's probably the that's easiest situation easy you decision. have. Now, if I had Briggs <laughs> and I had Gorn, because I've got yep. Gorn, I'd be punting Gorn easily into next week because at like 500K or whatever, you can try and get up to another premium. No stresses. Now, it's rich man syndrome because people with English are going, oh, I've got the best ruck in Supercoach. Why don't I just fuck him off? And – Literally, oh, this guy will do really well. Now, the only scenario that works was years ago when Gorn just came onto the scene and just kept on, like, keeping on with his average. So if he does that, then, yeah, sure, great. If he goes into a lull patch, then all of a sudden you're losing points every week. Yeah, but the, the one benefit that you are speaking of, if English is your only way to get uh, Clayton Oliver, then you'd be essentially playing Clayton Oliver against English and then it would be you'd be playing Briggs against another lesser tier mid. So that I can understand it actually stacking up and racking off. But for me, if you got Gorn, it's the easiest scenario, whereas yeah. English, it's he's the best ruck. Well, Like don't mess like, with the best ruck. And I don't know if Briggs can keep up with like a 113, but we always say it's a sole ruck. And the way these guy plays, like the way he gets the stats and that, he's, he can potentially average 100 on the run home. 
Hey, so, ask any man. I need real man. You can't stay Briggs forever. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to come down eventually. Well, you, th- you expect it, but it's not like it's his first season of footy. Like he's been in the system for five years now. So it's not like, you know, it's a, some 19-year-old that just walked off the street. We're talking about a guy who's like 24, 23, 24, who can at least, he's got the body to handle himself and should be able to play out most of those games. So you're saying he can keep it up? I think he, I, I don't think he can keep up a 113. <laughs> you just missed the whole point. I did. Uh, I okay, did get so... the point, but I was just like, bugger it. No, I'll be no, on the super. Stuff yeah, so I, I think this is a discussion nonetheless that people are already having that, just park it till next week because English has got to break even of 99 anyway, which he should smash. Now, the conversation gets brought up next week if English has a sub-100 and Briggs right. goes 120. Anyway, Briggs is only 16% owned, so stuff you and yeah. part of your 16%. Uh, yeah. Moving on is uh, Lewis Millican's another one that has been brought up quite a lot. He is at 70 average, 52 in the week, just gone. Break even of negative 39, projected to go up by 43K this week. Um, where do you stand on Melican? Like, is there enough room to keep him in the mix and bring him into that side? They already have had their buy, so there's another person we might be able to have this week. Cross your fingers and hope he plays again next week. Yes, is the short answer. Um, I actually was looking at thinking, oh, does Francis nearly get left out after the week before? But he played actually quite well um, this week. So it, we know um, uh, Paddy McCartan, we've, we've talked about this, is not coming back. Uh, this season so uh, that does keep that one spot open but it's now with the the rest of the swans so uh, who did we have back last week it was rampy that came back into the side um, so that did give us a little bit more of insurance because yeah okay so we can play with uh, with that sort of setup you know they had fox back there rampy um, so how much more is going to actually change? Like Blakely is probably the now, now the issue because what's he at uh, toe injury? So, and he was what cleared of concussion as well. Um, if he was to miss that, at least, you know, that showed up Melican for at least a week. Um, but this, this is my worry. I feel like Melican's just the next one out. Um, you know, Mills one to two, does Mills coming back in, push somebody back? Will push somebody forward, uh, and yeah, and and Tommy McCartan's like they they're sitting there going, he's improving and showing good signs, but then it's a bit like that Tuke Miller situation, like it's unclear of when he he's going to return. Like McCartan could still miss the rest of the season. McCartan could come back in two or three weeks. They they're not sure on this at all. The Swans. Uh, and, I just and, sent a message <laughs> to uh, Zane as well. Shout yeah. out to Zane, big Swan support. Big I just said so thoughts he on- might have a bit. Um, well, no, I've just this, asked. Yeah, this is yeah, and this is the, the other issue with him because the McCartans with their concussion and obviously Paddy's history. Do they not risk Tom? How does does Tom not push himself back too early? Um, and I think this it all kind of sets up on on these couple of injuries that they've got and how quickly they get back. We know he's going to like as a defender playing in that role. He's probably going to score fifty to sixty. So that the scoring's not the real issue. It's just I wouldn't want. I would want some assurity that he's playing next week, because there'd be nothing worse than bringing a guy in for round fourteen that gets dropped round fifteen. Yeah, but again, with a rookie, you can I? You can't really predict too far ahead, which all. is the issue. I've messaged Zane saying, "Hey, thoughts on Milliken?" I said, "I'm going to ride or die based on your word for Supercoach." So if he says he's in, I'm bringing him into my side, and that's how much faith I'm going to put in Zane. <laughs> because again, it is a gamble. 
But if Zane tells me he's going, I'm putting him in my side. So I'll, I'll give you that one, especially if uh, Uzan's not playing, then that's going to be an issue. I just don't like his price because that's 60, 70 cow could have used elsewhere. I, I find him now, depending on some situation with the rookies, like, you know, people have brought um, Ford and Wardlaw and, and, and Briggs and that, cash isn't becoming such an issue for some teams. It is for others. And, the buys is and the buys be the buys now the issue with all yeah, of them the, sharing more, the same. It's guy. more because you know people with, the, with some of these injuries and then other rookies not playing. It's it's making sure you actually have enough players, which is the problem. So I would rather if you're going to take a risk on someone, I'd rather spend up an extra seventy, eighty, hundred k on somebody that you know is playing this week and next week. Yep, and if you're you're tossing straws to go sideways rookie trade, so one rookie to another rookie just because they're playing then you might as well just trade a premium to another premium that is also going to play because, you know, yes, that other rookie might give you cover per se, but otherwise you're just trading a rookie <laughs> to another rookie just to get a warm body on field, yeah. which is burning one trade for it. Yeah, yes, that rookie might make you some cash, but if there's not much equity in it, that trade for you, you might as well just go premium to premium. And realistically, if they have 10 more rounds for it, oh, Zane's messaging Zane live. Um, yeah, you might as well just get that bank, that rookie, like bank the premium score and literally just ride that train to the end of the season. So that's where we're at with that one. Uh, the next one is a really contentious one as well. Taron Thomas. Now, if only he started one game later, he could have been a nice little pickup just after their buy for those that were a little bit stretched. And it's kind of almost same as the Harry Himmelberg because again, they play next week, at least with Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, you know, he'll probably go up 30K. He'll probably end up being about 405, 410K, which I can deal. But there's no point really bringing him in this week unless you're playing for leagues only. If you're yeah. playing for leagues only, hell yeah. Like bring in Taron Thomas, bring in Harry Himmelberg, bring in every player with a round 15 buy, knowing you're just going to tank that one week. But it's hard at this point in time because you're bringing someone in that's just going to miss next week anyway. Now, and the reason we speak about it is that you could bring in any other player so especially Harry Himmelberg, you could bring in any other player and they will play that extra one round for you. If they play one round for you and they average 100 this week, so they get you 100 score this week, that's basically 10 rounds to go. That's them scoring 10 points more per game for the rest of the season just because you've got a guy getting you another donut. That's yeah. the benefit. Yeah. That's why you go for one of the premiums that's already played, which we'll get into shortly. Um, and that's why Taron Thomas, it's a, a big risk. If you have a lot of rookies for next week, if you've already got lots of premiums for next week, like most of us, Taron Thomas is hard, yet a lot of people are bringing him in. See, I wouldn't go near it. A, for the um, the buy situation, and that's why I ended up talking myself out of keys last week, as well as he did it against West Coast. It's a guy that is going to miss, and he would have mucked up my entire structure this week by bringing him in. Thomas, as you said, with Himmelberg, it's a buy next week, so you've got that issue in itself. The other problem is, like, his stats, like, they're not great. You know, 17 touches, 19 touches, uh, a lot of um, connection with the forward line, kick the three as well this week. North Melbourne, as well as they've been playing, they played really well against the Bombers, played very well against the Giants, but the Giants are a, you know, bottom six team. You know, they, they then go into, you know, um, well, this week, the Bulldogs, which they not, not, normally don't match up well against. Uh, and we know the Bulldogs, just the way they play, chew up a lot of points. Uh, then, yeah, Adelaide away, Geelong, down in Geelong. There's a couple of tough, tough matchups. I think North Melbourne, again, could be competitive this week against North, but 
but I think there's going to be a drop off very soon. North um, could be competitive against North. Sorry, North can be competitive against the Bulldogs. My apologies. Um, same but, colour, yeah, half same right, color, half same right. Net, both played Eddie had. Uh, but the Adelaide and Geelong games, I feel like North. There's a game coming up very soon where they're not going to get near it. Like that, they, there's only so long that you can be really competitive without how, and young players, and they just they're going to run into a brick wall, and that could come straight after the bye or the week after. Like you know, Geelong or Adelaide, one of those, especially the way the Crows score, or Geelong down in Geelong. Um, and then I think that's where we're going to see the bubble burst. Like he, I feel like he could suck a few people in this week. He might even score well this week. He gets the bye, and then you're going to hit a couple of games where the North are going to score like 50 points. I and think North is going one way or the other. They could pinch a win, or they could get flogged. I think so, like, they've got games which they can pinch wins. You know, they've got a run there with against Hawthorne, St Kilda, West Coast. Yeah, there, there's definitely games that I think they could win after that, but. I don't see them going to Adelaide and pinching that. I don't see them going into Geelong and pinching that. They're, those teams have just got way too much firepower. Uh, and that's, that's the problem. It's like North, North have shown an ability to score, but these like Adelaide's one of the best attacking teams in the comp. Geelong with Jezza and Hawkins, you know, they, they just manhandle North every time they play them. So, yeah, I, I don't endorse, endorse the pick at all. I'll tell you where he did look good, though. Taron Thomas actually looked composed compared to a lot of the other North players and actually hit up lead-up targets. So he, he actually looked good. Yeah, for, I, I'm, for, not, I'm not doubting that. but it's, No, I know. For that yeah, price. Yeah. yeah but I watched the him against the Bombers and it was good. But the Bombers had – they were slightly undermanned that day, but it was a very attacking game of footy. There was not much defense in that game. Um, you know, that's why it was high scoring. And um, it nearly was that mentality. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say the Bombers got too ahead of themselves. But there was definitely a little bit of a mentality that, oh, we can play a bit more attacking footy that day. And then the Giants, as we said, you know, they're a, they're a bottom six team. So they they don't probably have, though they played a little bit more defensive, you know, it's easier to play against them than it would be playing against some of these top teams. So I think North are going to get yeah, hit that wall very soon. And Thomas playing up in the forward half, it's going to affect him. Interesting. Um, so Zane said. Zane, he just said, like him as a player, he has come a long way since a few years back. His job security is so iffy, though. But apparently, word is Swans fan day. Tom McDonald's coming back this week. Personally, would still have him over Francis. There's only one thing in his favor here in Blake. He won't get up. So he won't be a huge scorer. But if uh, uh, at that price, he could go up in you know a price riser if that's what I'm after. I said, I just need him as a warm body for two weeks. Yeah. And he said, back him in. And he sent me a Thelma and Louise holding hands off a cliff <laughs> moment. So um, <laughs> shout out to Zane, mate. Appreciate you. Yeah, I, don't, I think Francis stays in before Malikan because, you know, they've obviously targeted him to come up there. Um, yeah, he's, he oh, that, that doesn't mean anything, mate. Yeah, he's a ginger. I, I, always think that, yeah, I always think that, but it's, if you've got to play from another club, they're usually going to have that opportunity. And Francis, yeah, I thought last week would have been the week if dropped him. Clearly they didn't. Backed him in. He played all right on the weekend. They'd have to play horrible this week for him to be dropped over Malikan. Jeez, does that mean I have to put Melkin in my side now? He's put a little yeah, Thelma oh, Louise hold-handing moment on there. I, know. No, oh, I appreciate him. Yeah, place this week. It's the next week's your problem. Like yeah, next said, week's my problem. That's right. That's the And that's why I'm, I wouldn't touch him. No, and he's meant to go up 43K yeah, if he goes go 58. That. And people yeah. go, and he probably have a good game, and then he like, gets dropped or, you know, and then people be like, oh, God, he's another one. I will cry one. if Carnage. I bring him in and he's Carnage dropped next week. I need a player next week. I really do. You know what's going to really hurt? 
because a lot of people are skeleton next week anyway, even after trades. Imagine an injury. Yeah, injury or suspension and that. So imagine if we cop a a Sicily situation to one of the players next week. Imagine like Humphreys gets dropped, like all these other players you're holding out just to hope that they play. They all just Mm. get like dropped or managed. Just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stewie Jew managing yeah, rookies. Yeah, we'll just manage our players. Just managing <laughs> rookies. I would literally just flip a couch. Swear to God. Uh, okay, so the next one is um, someone that we did speak about as well. Not, we go from the young ones to the oldies. <coughs> Natty Fife, Mr. Natty himself, natural specimen, 275K. He did go up 31, but he's definitely still at a reasonable price. And I know a few people that were looking to wait a week, see – what he produced because his break even was still you know decent enough that he wouldn't go up too much in price, and I think he was actually quite impressive. You know, time on ground, the roll looked pretty good. He th- I think he looks pretty good generally. Like that first quarter is a little slow, but you know he got a, what was it a ninety six? So that's definitely going to spike a little bit of cash gen, and you know he's going to play, which was the part I liked about him because it was two forty four k or whatever he was, and I knew I brought him in. I think it was 12,000 more than Young from Richmond. And I was like, at least, well, Young, I need someone in his buy round anyway, round 15. So I was like, well, Fife, hopefully he can make me some cash. Hopefully he can score some points. He can cover me through the buys. Worst case scenario, I, I it's Fife. Mm-hmm. I yeah. owned a Brownlow medalist for a short while, which is how some people feel about Crips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a t- fall from grace. Yeah. I've been Absolutely saying fallen. Year, Crips needs to be traded. But two seventy five, I'd go five yeah, over Tyrone Thomas. I considered five last week, but my worry was I, I don't think there was enough data around the role. Chris got in your so head. Could, Chris no, got in your I, I head. I don't think there was enough data around the role, and the, and the the issue also is Amira was out, so five played significantly more CBAs than he's going no, to. No, Johnson played more CBAs. No, five as well, mate. No, five's like, killing. Five's life. They need to win. They yeah, need to win. They do need to win, but I don't think they it necessarily has to be just Fife to get them the, At, the win. Here's there. the thing. People acting like he was a $354,000 player, like it was Himmelberg, yeah. trying to pay for Himmelberg's price to bring in Fife. He was two forty. Yeah, I, I paid, paid $30,000 less for Humphrey. <coughs> so I'm like, I can take a risk for 240 k oh, on that, a guy that's going to cover me for the boys. No problems at all. I've got no issue with the pick, and, and he played well. But yeah, you hear he, that, Chris? he was the third um, most CBAs on the weekend. And I think Amira comes in and then it pushes. Like, the thing is, Fife can play forward more than what Johnson can play forward. So oh, I think John- he's still going to be serviceable. Like, Fife can definitely go and play half forward, half, you know, half mid and go and get 70. No problem. Johnson plays everywhere. He's a little slut. (laughs) But, Um, yeah, I think they go back to that and Brayshaw, Sarong, Amira with Johnson as the fourth and then Fife becomes the fifth and he he rotates between both. Right. Yeah. Is there any other cheapies on the horizon? Because I can't see much this week. Outside of people jumping early and, um, oh, I'm just trying to think. Is it probably he'll only play second game next week. So the, um, was it Marrick? Is probably the only yeah. other one people yeah, might be jumping got, on. He's I, got the buy this week. Anyway. He's got the buy this week, but if you needed to free up cash, I highly think they're playing next week. Oh, 100%, he kicked two goals, so kick two goals. So that's someone. If you go, okay, hey, I've burnt through my boosts. I need to really free up my three trades next week. I would not mind actually trading in America this week. If you're already set for trades this week and you don't really need it, 
then you could just you know get rid of a rookie who's not going to play next week or already not playing this week, and then you're just literally freeing up cash to launch an assault next week. You're freeing up cash and putting in a player that should play next week unless he gets injured at training or something, and that's a pretty good strategy to have because at least that way you have three trades next week. If you don't have a boost, you can make your one down, one up, or you know two down, two up. No, sorry, one down, one up, and then maybe sideways. Yeah. Or you might even be able to go one down, two up with the cash you bank this week. So that is a good strategy as well. If you think you might need the trade next week, I don't mind that either. There's not yeah. much else there on the horizon. Not in that sort of price. I think it's the awkward price maybe in the 400s, yep. which people might have a little bit of cash to move, you know, a couple of rookies. Like if you're looking at, say, Weddle, for example, moving him to a, a round 12, round 13 player, um, and I think a lot of people are looking for that sort of value. So that's where obviously we're trying to look at the rookies and only really five, like this is the only one I could endorse of those other players that we've pushed up. But I think there's a lot of people have been messaging me going, okay, who's between four and 500? Is there anyone there that I can potentially look at because I'm strapped for cash? Um, and we know that even though trades are getting low, there's some people in that position, as we said, that, that are looking at their bench and going, I can't cash any of these guys out there. They're fine or they're feeling good about their cash. And there's others going, oh, I've got absolutely no. And that's why, you know, Ben obviously jumped on keys and you've jumped on five and, and you know, people looking at Himmelberg. And, oh, yeah, so. oh, I was going to go, I was thinking about keys. I actually thought about keys, five and yo. And I'm like, how dirty would that be? I was like, surely one of them goes well. Yeah. And I was like, whoever wins the comps, probably going to bring in all three and just risk oh, it for the biscuit. 100%. And, and all you knew three it was went be well. Someone outside the top thousand, like Abdul, just probably bring all three of them in and then watch them go ham. Um, I'll give you a couple of names and I'd like to hear your thoughts on some of these players. Go, hit me. So, first is uh, NWM, uh, Wanganine Malira. Oh, he's someone I looked at in draft, I think, a week ago after their buy. So, when they had their buy, I was like, oh, I'll be able to pick him up. And then I forgot about him because he had a run of a couple of hundreds, I think. Hmm. But he, his three round average he, and his he five went round average. 97, then had that 57 against the Crows. But then he's gone 113, 100, and 119. So the 113-100, because of that one before it, his mm. his three-round average was still low enough that people weren't on him in draft. Yep. So that's where I actually looked at him. I was like, oh, I don't need him this week because I have the buy, but I'll sneak <coughs> in. And then I forgot. Yep. You know, he, obviously and, forgetting. And in classic, then he goes up 40K. Oh, he, he has done a remarkable reversal. Can I think the more time he's had in that role, he's actually looked stronger as the season has progressed, which mm. makes sense. Uh, some people got him in early, but obviously he didn't really flourish in that first sort of, what, six to eight rounds. But, no, I think he's not a bad shake. What, how much is he? He's now 460. Oh, so he you can't perfect. go there at 460. Was, yeah, and that's the hard thing. He was kind of like, because of that risk last week at the 420, but at 420 when you could nearly side swap him from, a, you know, maybe a couple of rookies, maybe it was like 30, 40K um, on it. Yeah, there was maybe potential there. But still with a break-even of 49, I know people are sitting there going, oh, you know, they, they do have the Tigers coming up, West Coast, Suns, North Melbourne, Hawthorne soon, Carlton soon. Like, they've got a favourable draw. Um, can he, in that role... Now, I think there's going to be a couple of games where he's going to still pop up a 50, but he's definitely showing in that, you know, back pocket, taking the kick-ins. Um, like, you, you see the odd time with Sinclair might pop down there and take him, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot more faith in his kicking, and he's, yeah, he's... Definitely, um, you know, 
improved his workload rate, which you saw in the like the Giants game, he had the 10 marks, the Swans, he had nine marks. So he's finding the ways to get into the gap by himself um, and yeah, get those chip kicks over the back line, was they, especially as the Saints switched the ball. So they're, they're definitely looking at him to, um, you know, be the rebounder from outside, you know, in defensive 50. The hard hey, thing when, is it's when such Sicily, price. When's Sicily's tribunal? That is a great question because I've done Butler and I've done Mansell's just thing. So I don't I I thought it was tonight too, but am I am I missing something? Is it not tonight or is it um uh, just later? So Mansell's suspended. Because Mansell's just been announced. Oh, three yeah, three, three games he got. Yeah. Which what? I'm not completely upset about just because it's not, but if it was a a higher profile player, I probably would be more upset. I don't uh, and obviously Butler got off as and he Butler should have. Off. So, so maybe he's not on Sicily tonight. Are, yeah, oh, unless Sicily's afterwards, but they usually don't go this late. Yeah. So if Sicily's rubbed out for a few weeks plus the buy, which then if it's a three week, it's actually four weeks out. Yeah. Realistically. So you have to trade. And because he's also 650,000, hmm. I think it makes it even more of a trade. Um, I can't believe that da- Caleb Daniels, the second most expensive oh, defender. Some people jumped on him a month ago. and it's just I traded him in draft. Oh, <laughs> I got McCray back. Yeah. But still, yeah, but still. Uh, he's so, just yeah, been so on an absolute heater. So I've got a couple more of these names in this price Yeah, hit me, sorry. Um, no, no, that's, that's fine, mate. Um, 446 is Jeremy Cameron. Uh, so he did have a bit of, like, they didn't announce it, but he definitely was carrying an injury through the middle part of the season, which saw his scores drop, you know, put up some 60s of that, um, but definitely been moving better. Got an 80 against the Giants, 107 against the Dogs, and that was the first game in a month. I saw him, you know, taking those marks back and half back and, progressing back up into the forward line as he normally does. So we know he started the season on an absolute heater. Uh, they do have, a, as we said, a tough game this week, Port and then even Melbourne down at uh, the Cattery after that um, before their draw um, you know, opens up and they do get those Geelong games. At 4.46, if people were looking for an F6, would you recommend Jezza? Oh, I guess they've had their buy, so it's not bad. I'm just trying to... <coughs> So is it four forty six? Yeah, four forty six. Oh, that is actually quite cheap. It is, and that's um, the thing. Like the, the definitely against the Tigers, he was like I didn't watch him move outside forward fifty all night, and I was turning to a mate, and a friend was there with Mon, and she was, you know, I was like, Jezza is not usually like this. He's clearly carrying something, and it sort of leaked out, but there wasn't a huge hoo ha made of it. But yeah, he was definitely had a couple of weeks there where he, he was struggling, and that was the slight dip in form. But, yeah, he was moving fine against the Bulldogs. And now with the extra week off, I think he'll be freshened up. And, and we saw how he started the season. Break like, even of 72. Hmm. So it's not really die. But the thing in his favour, though, he does have a high ceiling. He does. 13% owned. That means he's definitely high owned on that sense. But Port and Melbourne, probably harder matchups to come. Sydney, I think their defensive is a little bit more vulnerable to a, a mobile forward. And then North... After that, so he could get on a smidge. And even the Bombers is down in Geelong, which would be foreign for them. They have a lot of games in Geelong coming they up. Do. One, two, three, four, five, six games remaining. Well, and it's it's more coming up, like in the the near, like after the Swans game, they play four out, out of four. four out of five down there actually. With just the Brisbane game is the only so, the ICG. One, two. Oh, you're talking about yeah. after that? Yeah, after the Swans no, your game, is it's wrong, four man. out of five. We know one, two. Oh, okay, four yeah. out of five in that yeah. middle part. Okay, yeah. right. So that, it's not the easiest run for the Cats, but we know they're going to be in every game. 
Yeah, if you're desperate at 446, look, I don't mind it, I but prefer, I mean, you could also for me, I'm going to be Zorko waiting for same price. Yeah, well, I'm going to be waiting for Darcy Cameron the week after. But yeah, you're right, Zorko's the same price. Um, if you're like a flog think, in your team, I think the difference is with Zorko, like he hasn't been putting up the scores compared to like like we know Jez is still in his prime. He can go massive on any given week. And Zorko's um, injury prone. However, they do it. play after you get through Sydney and Saints. They got Richmond, West Coast. Um, a couple of easier ones in that point, and they play a lot of games at the Gabba as well. So look, it's a. I'm just trying to throw my man out there, even though he is very floggish at the moment. Um, is if you're looking for a cheapy option, yeah, man. Otherwise, like Angus Brayshaw's been chipping away under the radar. He's 448k in defence. Will Day had a good 109, so is he on the way back at 444k? That's there why is some value. The and the only other one that I could recommend in that price is at 486 is Brad Crouch. Now, I'm not a normally big Brad Crouch fan. Um, he's more of a fantasy player. But I nearly feel like he's number one midfielder. Like, Steele, for whatever reason, is just struggling big time. I don't know if it's been a slight change in there or or, or what's going on. But clearly, Crouch is, is the ball magnet. Um, but the problem is he he does have the tendency to – he's like – he handles more the, a lot of the time than what he kicks – um, you are reliant on the fact that you're hoping for good ball disposal. He does tackle, which is a one good thing, and he has been putting up some good scores. You know, he has had a couple of those 70s, which he does drop naturally um, sometimes, but he's got the, um, you know, the ability to go 110. Personally, I don't like it, but if you are really struggling for cash and you needed a midfielder, I guess you could do worse. I think you might as well just go Harry Himmelberg. He's I, a defender. I think so. I think for sure. He's a defender sure. forward. You would go, yeah, that, that's where I think it's still. But this is you the problem. You just have to. Himmelberg's got the bye next week. Who cares? Crowd, He'll like, average you 10 points more than any of those other players I reckon maybe listed. Yeah, outside but of does it doesn't matter if, if you're playing 17 the week next week. Actually, it balances out. If he averages the, 10 points more per if, game, it averages. But then you're if. still reliant on Himmelberg playing defense every week. Yeah. Well, I think they need to to keep well, him in contract. Well, they do, potentially. And they've said they've, they've experimented and now they're yes, putting him back. But so. at the same time, we know if the game's on the line, they'll swing him forward. Nah. I, I still I think Himmelberg's a, a solid choice, but I can understand where people are looking for. Now, there's not much in that round 12, 13 options we said. We said that that's like literally the best options you're getting at that price. Here's but as I'm simple as it questions is. questions about people asking me going, I don't have much cash. I need someone in this price range. What can I do? Here's as simple as it is. You go Darcy Cameron next week in the forward line. Forward ruck, done. There's your coverage there. You've got the week after that, after Himmelberg's got his buy, keep him there. So just if you have a Humphrey, play your Humphrey for one more week and then that will fill the void. Himmelberg, bang, into your side. Any other void or any other cash you have, just sit tight. Right or go aggressive if you've got if you still have you know rookies on field then at that point you need to have it filled, right now after that um, Walsh will be under about five hundred flat or sub so there's value <laughs> there's value in the midfield if you're looking at some value there Mills back in a couple of weeks so a couple more weeks after that so I'm saying instead of trying to sideways trade and trying to get the best option you're almost better off holding some of the guys you've got right letting some of these rookies mature over the buy period so your forwards and the rest of it just let them mature for a little bit more. Your Briggs, just let them mature for a little bit more yeah, and then bring in a Mills ben, for 400k. I get that. But what happens if you're sitting there serious, like going, okay, I don't have a full team? Yeah, so Darcy Cameron, Himmelberg. Yeah, but Himmelberg's got the buy next week. 
Yeah, five. Get five now. Five yeah, for a couple see, of instead. See, five's fine. But I'm I've, like, I'm even looking now. After trades, I'll be right. But potentially some people are like sitting there going, well, they've got 14 players at the moment and looking to bring in three full players. It's, there's, yeah, I'm, it's all well and good. If Tell them they're shit at planning. If, yeah, well, that's it. If to you, plan if you, better yeah, next year. you haven't planned. But so people are now looking at options going, oh, God, I need to try to find an option. So I'm just saying there is potential options for you who could go well. But at yeah. the same time, I, like I personally am not going there. Like I just Jess, feel like you'll get them and then there'll be heartache down course. the line anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's right. So you might as well just go, hey, let's just get a better player and maybe cop one donut and get Fife because he's cheap at the moment. He'll cover you for the buy. So there's one less rookie you're having to play at rookie price anyway. And then, yeah, Darcy Cameron in next week, Fife in this week. That's two more you're already <laughs> going to have. Marrick, get Marrick in. And that's three more you're going to have already that you didn't have next week. And then Darcy, yeah, Darcy Cameron and then Himmelberg. That should pretty much cover your team because you should only have two or three spots left anyway. Otherwise, you can just probably loophole Fife and Humphrey or whoever else onto that bench spot until you can, you know, Walsh in Mills are probably the two big ones that I'm targeting. Darcy Cameron, Himmelberg, Walsh and Mills. And that's the game. Yeah. The only issue with, with like Mills is how long until he gets back in. That's yeah, a Fife to like- Mills probably straight side swap. It could it be. actually could. 400 could flat work out that way. could very could well definitely be. work out that way. He will take patience though. So if, if you're going into a Supercoach finals, Mills could be an easy get to go from like a Ford or someone or a, or a Fife and a Ford or whoever. Ford's probably gone for me anyway, probably next week. But, you know, there is some options there to have someone who's a little bit late to mature, like a Filippo, hopefully Ward gets Ball, an mate. 80. Wardlaw. Ward yeah, yes. so Wardlaw, those kind of guys. And Fife, just let him mature for a little bit and then you might be able to go one up, one down if you have the trades to get your loophole players in in effect. And that's where Himmelberg, I think, also comes in. If you so have it, it depends. Yeah. Those if you people have, the have time. a trade going into Supercoach finals and have Wardlaw, going to yep. be absolute laughing because Mills is going to be that, like, that will be a side swap. So if you've got buy coverage next week, then bring in Himmelberg. So if you've got the numbers right for next week, then yep. that way Himmelberg's there. I'm All looking right. at bringing in Himmelberg in two weeks' time and just holding Humphrey for that extra buy. All right. I'm going to run through some premium players with you, mate. And let's see right. if we and these and these are for me all round twelve thirteen because I'm not bringing in a guy that's yeah obviously buy this week and yeah, it makes no sense buy, so, yeah so, so the the simple one and I don't think you even need to comment on this and this Locking is my up. situation if you don't have Tom Stewart you're bringing in Tom Stewart facts facts Tom Stewart I would put equally with Neil as must have players. And I'd actually probably have him ahead just because Neil's obviously a, a midfielder, whereas Stewart's a defender, with Sicily out as well. And Stewart, oh, if Sicily's would, out, Stewart, what's the price? Even, Stewart's break even seventy nine. Price of okay. five. Stewart could be priced whatever. Does not really. No, matter. I know that. I meant how yeah. much cash can you bank from Sicily to him? That was the oh, the thought process. Is that sixty k? I think I'm. Yeah, it's about sixty k. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good. So that that's at least money you could put elsewhere. Uh, because we all know Sicily was overinflated 50, for his price anyway. So, like that, yeah, so, yeah, no, that, that works yeah, out well. So, if you have Sicily, then Stuart, and you don't have Stuart, that's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, just lock that one in, which is really handy for us uh, non Stuart owners. Okay, so the Ruck, like I think most people are fairly comfortable with the Rucks, but if you were talking about before about the Briggs, if you had, say, Gorn, would you consider going out and getting, say, Jared Witts? Mm, so if you don't have Briggs, you mean? Yeah. Gorn yeah. To, 
if you're uh, one of the people that can get Briggs, it's like a hundred grand though. Yeah, it is. Like is, that's the issue for mm. me. And he's probably going to. So I don't think Wits is worth two trades on top of Gorn, because if Gorn gets injured, like Gorn will chip away anyway. I don't think the two because that's if what's going to cost cash, two trades. If you had the cash and it was one trade. Yeah, but then if you have the cash, then the next person you're going to upgrade is going to require that two trades anyway. So Mm. just because you have the cash to make that one in one trade doesn't mean that you're not going to then get compounded into two trades into it next trade. So I I I think if you've got if you've got if you've got Maxi, I think you're better off just either you trade him for another position and play Briggs if you've got him, or you just hold him because. Best case scenario, round 18, he gets forward status and you go, cool. Well, then maybe you try and upgrade someone who, you know, maybe Dusty Cameron's not cutting it. Use your trade then and the cash you either you do have or the trades that you would have saved and then do that trade. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and we were both agreeing with what we said with Stuart about Lockie Neal. I, like, I think it's Stuart one, Lockie Neal two. That's not a drama. And um, he didn't have a good week, so he got some attention, but... <laughs> Right, wasn't great, but Sydney, I think, leaked a little bit of points to their midfield as well. I mean, he scored, what, 187 against them last year as well, playing at the Gabba. So here's the good thing about Brisbane, though. They play so many more games at the Gabba. So it's um, so Gabba, this one, Marvel, then Gabba, Gabba, MCG, Gabba, away, away, Gabba, away, Gabba. So mm-hmm. this is probably the period where they play, what is it, four out of the next six at the Gabba. Yeah. So, and they play, they come into a bit of a bunny run. So we know Sydney and Saints good teams, but they can leak some points, you know, through the midfield or through some of the offense. Richmond and West Coast can definitely also lose some points through that midfield there. Melbourne, Geelong a little bit harder. Gold Coast usually gets up for those rivalry rounds. Frio will probably be the harder one going across to that point as well. Adelaide, I guess what they put some pressure on the, him last the time, thing, didn't they? The thing, it's, it's no different to like the Crows yep. and Geelong. Home ground advantage. It, it, I feel like the gap between teams best and worst at home first away has really increased this year. Uh, their teams are like, some teams are looking unbeatable at home and Brisbane's won. Their away form has got a bit sketchy. Geelong, away from Geelong, you know, they're beatable at the moment, but down at Geelong, I think they're going to, like, it doesn't matter who you send down there. They're going to probably win. Adelaide look really good on their home deck. Uh, so that I feel like, yeah, Neil at home, yeah, you might get some attention, but it just probably means that, Dunkley's going off that week. Um, at some point, somebody's going to put some attention to Dunkley uh, because you can't just let him roam around and doing what he's doing. And the moment that happens, Lockie Neal's going to be like, oh, hang on, I'm not getting tagged here. I'll just throw at the 150, 160 this week, uh, as we know, all know he can do. So, yeah, I think he's just a must-have. Like, you're going to get punished if you don't have him. No, I definitely agree. Um, the other thing to note is, well, I was just trying to find the stats, but I think it's somewhere else. The The other thing to note, I think it's he definitely averages an absolute heap more. So I think he has one of the biggest differentials between wins and losses mm, in his average. Does. So if they lose, his average was like 102 to 105 maybe last year. And when they win, his average was more like 130. Yeah, I think it huge and same as the Gabba. Yeah. Like there's yeah. his his average at the Gabba is higher than mm. his average away from the Gabba. Gabba, but wins is the biggest determinant for him as far as Supercoach average. Exactly. So when they went on a run of was it eight wins or whatever in a row to come up against their bunny side, well, it's like well, no wonder that Neil's average for that period was actually quite substantial. And then when you look at when they lose, then you know he got a 95 against Port Adelaide. They lost. 
Uh, they beat Melbourne, so we got 100 flat. They lost to the Bulldogs, but he did pretty well. Collingwood, they won. North, they flogged 176. You know, so, but you get on a run. He has the odd stinker. You know, like Carlton had a bit of a stinker there. But again, outside of that, there's a lot of 110, 120 scores, which is pretty much what you're after. And you can know most weeks he also has that big ceiling game in him, the 176s or whatever, where he'll just get off tap. Yep. So for me, I think with the run of Sydney, Saints, Richmond, and West Coast, I think this is probably the time to bring him in. I thought it was last week, hmm. but I guess we'll take the 102 and move yeah, on and digress. He but, didn't play well, and he's still got a 102. Like, you'll take that. And he's still like $100,000 cheaper than you could have got him at the start of the <laughs> year. So 91000 cheaper. Just move it. Yeah. Do it and move it on. Now, can we compare him maybe against Sarong and Brayshaw? I was going to say, is... the, the next two groups, so we'll take the two Fremantle players and the two Gold Coast players. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with the Fremantle midfield, Sarong and Brayshaw. So I brought in Brayshaw last week. Um, it wasn't just like 107. I wasn't completely disappointed. Like, they lost. And that, so naturally, his score is going to be less than what it would be in a win there. He's probably going, you know, 120, 125. It's, well, it's just the way it works. So he like he's finding plenty of the ball. I think Sarong's definitely the the number one guy. Um, but I think that there's not that huge of a gap between both of them. Like we, we've said in the past that he probably does flat track bully a little bit more than what Sarong does. And he does have some games that he can flat track bully on the way home. Um, but I think Brayshaw is pretty solid for 30 touches, four tackles. Yeah, if he can get some scoreboard impact, that's going to naturally change his score in a very positive way. Can he go like one ten on the run home? Of course, I like so I'm I'm confident enough that that's Brayshaw. It's just more Sarong. I I don't know if he could have kept up the what was it one fourteen one fifteen he was going. I thought he'd slide back to maybe a one ten. So I could see both Fremantle boys being pretty similar. Um, there was Sarong's been so damaging. Though, been. The, the the issue has been his lingering foot issue. That's the which that's is kind the, of a little bit of the issue, and that's why I didn't end up jumping on him. Handcapped him a little bit, or and handcuffed him a little bit. Last two weeks, ninety three, one hundred eight, where he was pumping out like slightly more because, and he, and just those stats have dropped back. Where, yeah, he was you know, definitely looking at like getting thirty four, thirty five touches. Hasn't come back a lot, but twenty six, thirty one, twenty eight. Yeah, it, it might only be four or five touches a game, but that's the yep. difference between going. 115, 120 to now going, you know, 110. He's he's my next week watch. Mm. And the reason I say that is because I think, Neil, you kind of have to jump on with their draw and that sort of stuff now. And they've already had their buy. So obviously it has a Sarong. But Sarong has a break even of 158, uh, 148. 148, Which means you can at least watch him. They play GWS, they go to Sydney. So traveling gives you another week's data or essentially two weeks data, including training to see how his foot's going. Is he going to, is he rebounding? He seems to be just on some light duties, but still playing. But after that, you know, they play Essendon at home, so I think he could he could be in for a good shake there. Um, they don't have like say the easiest run. I mean, you have Essendon, Dogs, Carlton, Collingwood, Sydney, Geelong. But for Supercoach finals, mm. like 21, 22. so they're playing literally. They have four out of the, three of the last four games at home: Brisbane, West Coast. So West Coast round twenty two, which is probably going to be one of your eliminations finals. Yep. I think he'll just absolutely spank up. Um, literally West Coast in that point. Brisbane traveling are probably horrible in general anyway, so I think yeah. he'll just get business done. Port Adelaide as well at Optus and then Hawthorne to finish in round 24. That's a strong finish to the year, which is why I think if you let him go, 148 maybe just goes a flat 100 or maybe even has a bad game this week, hopefully. 
and then pick him up if he goes to you know five eighty five seventy five like bang next week. I, I'm looking at Sarong and he, at next week he's probably <coughs> cheaper than Brayshaw. He's already averaging ten points more per game than Brayshaw. So for me, it's Neil this week, Sarong next week. Yeah, that's why I jumped Neil last week and Brayshaw because I had the money to do yep. both because um, I could wait on Sarong. But he's definitely so. Where are you at? Where are you at with chopping rookies early? Uh, going unless, for if you're going for overall, going for overall. Yeah, I don't think there's a huge amount. The unless they've got the buy this week, so if it's like yeah, your Whittles, those guys, yeah, fine. Um, I'd chop away. But who are you really chopping outside of that? Um, who doesn't have the buy yet? Like the North Melbourne players. Even if you're looking at moving, say Eddie Ford, or uh, you know, you didn't move Sheasel last week, and you've still got him, you just hold for another week. And that'd be perfect. Like if you've got Sheasel sitting there, whether he's by next week, you could get another look at Sarong and potentially do something there yeah. with moving a player maybe back or, or forward, depending on where you have Sheasel and bringing in like a Sarong. And it might only be like a 100K difference. Yeah. So having more players, if you already have enough players this week, buys is slightly different. Yeah. Because if you've already got enough players, then you might as well just play one of these other guys and you're not going to have much of a difference anyway. And you just hope one of your rookies. Stands up like you know Johnson <coughs> Wardlaw, Fife. One of these rookies stands up and has a score that counts. That's what you're kind of looking for the buys by having more spread. But generally speaking, once you get outside these buys, there's no love lost. If they're ready, if they're not quite ready to cut, and you think they'll be ready in a week or two, but you can get the premium you want now. That's when you just have to be brutal hmm. because you being able to afford a premium that you want is going to get you more points for that two-week period and to be held with the 20 or 30K that they might have generated you if you held them. Money doesn't matter at that point. You need points on field if you're going for overall. And especially once the buy is finished, because I think this year we're upgrading a little later than usual based on the fact that we've had some issues, some injury, some rookies that haven't developed. We have a longer season. Some people got a little bit scared, I guess, with all the count, you know, the anarchy, the injuries, and all the rest of it. So I think some people are still going into this buy where they'd probably like to have a full team. But because of all of the other players missing next week, I think there's still going to be a few people holding on to one or two spots maybe by the end of the buys, which means that it's even more important when you come straight out of those buys, you literally need to go bang, bang, and you need to upgrade. Mm. Regardless of if your rookie's ready or not, if you've got the cash to go premium and make an upgrade, then basically round 16, you should be making whatever moves you need to to go full premium yeah. at the latest. Yeah. Just bang, bang. All right, so the two Suns boys. So you've got Matty Rowell, 595, and Noah Anderson, 555 or 557. Anderson, Uh, number one. Well, Rowell, let's start with Rowley first. The Rowley's break even's 86. Even at 595, he's got a really good break even. I think he's probably a bit more expensive. And, like, he's three and five round average is awesome. What gave that away? Was it the 45K extra on his price tag? Yeah, that's the... (laughs) That's the problem. I know those who brought him in at the right time and have been, and I think oh. Chris was one of the ones that jumped on him. Got him at like 450, didn't he? Yeah, 150K like ago. Just oh. ridiculous. Um, Bless him. Yeah. So the the thing with both of these is Tuke's only started light running. So it looks like he's six weeks still away. Um, so you're going to get, a, yeah, still a good period there without, you know, their number one midfield. And Tuke's going to come back and he's still going to be, you know, like how, well, Took being Took, he's probably just going to get straight into it and, and and dominate. But missing so much of the season with that knee injury, um, you've at least got some confidence with these Suns players. 
Uh, he was that, aiming for around round nineteen, I think. So yeah, if he's only so just 19, started, 20. then maybe it's maybe it's round twenty now. But either, yeah. either way, they've still got about yeah five or six weeks left in them. Weeks so where you plenty know of these two are the number one and two. Um, Rao's um, you know, scores have been boosted because of that one sixty five and one fifty nine. I think think um, if 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 they were the same price, I would have been getting on Rao. But even though Anderson's had a couple of down weeks, like he he still has the ability to pump out massive scores. And we saw, we saw that when he was, you know, the 144, 189 people then paid probably overs for him. And we, we did know there was going to be a drop off at some point. Didn't think it was like going to be as bad, but they got the 120 again against the Crows, 557. If you had to make the decision between Sarong this week, if you had to go someone, or going there where you don't know about the foot injury versus jumping on a Raul Anderson this week, what would you think, Ben? Oh, that's harder. No, Raul's out of the picture. Yeah. Plain okay. and simple. So let's go. Uh, mainly because he, he will be the one most impacted by Took, and Anderson yeah, can always get it inside outside. Too. Yeah. And the fact that he's cheaper. So for me, Anderson, he already has the variance. So that's what you look at these good players. The ones that have high ceiling. All he needs to do is just improve his floor a little bit to then buff that up. And we know last year he averaged 110 on the run home, so he also has history. And he has less injury history there as well over Rao, which makes him even more appealing. Whereas if Toot comes back in, Rao might just get pigeonholed back into his old role. Mm. So that's the big consideration for me. Anderson at his price, he's had a couple of the lower games, which you know he will dip in there occasionally. And But you look at some of his high ceiling games, I mean, 134, 144, 189, 120. So there is some high scores in there. Like he's is, two, two of his slowest scorers games against the Lions, which you guys did a number on him. And even though they beat Geelong, it was still Geelong, like Geelong, where they actually had their players in. They just, the rest of the players played really well and, and dominated that yep. early in the year. And, and Took was still in at, at that stage. Uh, and they do actually have a really nice draw. So they still got to play the Blues twice, who are in no man's land yep. at the moment. Hawks, North. The Hawks, North Melbourne last round in grand final week. And even the, and the Giants as well. So they've got some teams there. Also the Swans who aren't traveling well, and they always beat Sydney in their CG. So they've outside of the sort of Mill, Collingwood, Port, and the Lions, their drill is not too bad. Like it's probably as good as it gets on the run home compared to quite a few of the others. But he also scored 189 against the Ds. So did, there's yeah. so he's got yeah. the ability to do it against good teams. Huge. Yeah, yeah. So my, my thing with him is is that if money's an, an issue – I would rather, because if I'm paying 600k on Sarong, it's really hard. Because number one, it makes it hard for me to get Clary next week. So it's either Sarong or Clary. Would I rather pay 50k more for Clary over Sarong? Well, yes, I would. Although maybe it'll be 70k next week, depending on Sarong's price drop. So that's another consideration for next week. Um, I like Noah because he's probably priced to go. And because of his price point, getting a player at about 550k, who I think will probably average 110 for the rest of the year, I'm okay with. Hmm. and he's nine, I think 9% owned, Rao's 8% owned, so they're quite similar as far as that percentage. I just think some will want to be getting off Rao, whereas Anderson, I know some are looking at jumping off like, oh, he's going to lose cash. Mate, if you own him already, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's like any stock market. You hold the stock, and if you know it's going to, they have a bad game and it'll drop, you know that they're going to stabilize and come good. I mean, look at Ridley. Hmm. Ridley dropped down to like 417K, and now he's back up to 507. So you just got to hold the stock, ride the low, and then go, okay, well, what's, what are they going to average me for the rest of the year? Are they going to keep this variance? And is he going to pull out a 150 against Hawks? It's possible. 
So you just got to sit there and ride the waves, knowing that those lows aren't going to define them and that the highs aren't going to define them either, where people jump in after the high and then get pissed off when you start to get a few lower scores. Like, oh, but I just got him in after a 170. It's like, well, no shit. He's not going to go 170 every week. Which is the same thing with Dawson. We said, hey, like, hey, I'd love to get Dawson, but after his two massive games, I'm not paying 650K for this guy. And now he's down to what, nearly 550. Yeah, exactly. You just got to ride the market. Defender this time. Oof. Yes. You've come prepared. 5'11. Now, a lot of people jumped on him last week. Alan got got hurt. hurt. He got lucky with that 74. And he did because the late goal, (laughs) the very late goal of two seconds left on the clock. Talk about old seagull Jake Lloyd there. Um, But why would you bring him in now? Well, he's still got a break even of 84. He's had his buy. And he's still one of the better defenders. And especially if people, are lo- if people are Sicily out and you've already got Stuart, who else are you bringing in? Because I'm thinking most people <laughs> Daniel have Richard. Sinclair. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is it. Jokes. A lot of people have Sinclair already. So yeah, yeah. Luke Ryan's irrelevant now because the way Freo have changed their game, he's pretty well average yeah, an cooked. 80 player. Um, yeah. And, and we always like get worried about his body anyway. So, so if what, you, what other potential defender are you looking at? So Stuart these? one, Sinclair two, but two. if you have those two, then Lloyd's probably around the third or. I don't yeah. think there's anyone else. No, Harry Hummelberg for 140K less. Who's got his buy though? <laughs> Who has his buy? Anyway. But take take that 140K and, and bring in five. Yeah. But I know like Lloyd was very popular. So at least Lloyd's less risk a than a lot of people like it's only actually eleven percent. I've actually thought he'd be owned more. It'd be I wonder how many is that's actually at the top one percent because um I feel like surely that's gonna be a lot more ownership. Let's have a look here. Jake's Lloyd ownership for top one percent. Jack Lloyd's in eighteen percent, so okay. nearly most of the top one percent, ninety percent have Stewart. So that's I'm one of that nine percent that don't own him. Sinclair's sixty-seven percent, and then Jake Lloyd's the third most owned premium defender who has already had his buy in the um out of the top one percent of players. There you go. No, I don't mind him. He, yeah, he'll have some good games. He'll have a few variance ones, but he would probably go around hundred. So you can't really complain too much. And because they have that buy, you're better off having him. Yeah, because that's what we're talking about. So if there's, what, 10 rounds left, <coughs> hypothetically speaking, right, there's 10 rounds left and he goes 100. 11, 11 this year because the extra round. Okay, so, so, so there's 11 rounds so left. So he's got 11 at, compared to other players having 10. Okay, so 11 rounds left at 100. Yep. Right, so that's 100, uh, 11, uh, 1,100 points, yep. right? Now let's just say Himmelberg plays one less round. So that 1,100 divided by? 10. Divided by 10 means he needs to average 110. 10, just to so match him. Just to match him. So that's yep. what we're talking about, that 10 points there. So sometimes we get caught up in who's going to average better. But if you're playing for overall and you're going to cop a donut, that's the difference. Hmm. So if you get Lloyd in for 510K and he's going to average you 100 <coughs> and you bring in someone else that's got their buy, you know, anyone. Let's not say him would be probably not the great idea because it, he does – cost you give you 140k less but the person that's going to have their buy needs to average you 10 points more per game just to match yeah. that 100 and this is why i didn't bring keys because like people are going oh yeah you missed the 115 but all that happens is my lowest ranked player drops out yep and it was either i feel like it was dawson my next lowest 95 so i missed 20 points 
like big deal now yeah. I've got an issue because Keys misses this week. Oh, you miss the 115. You're like, oh, no, whatever will I do when he gets 70 taking yeah. day cost after it's his not, buy? And as I said, because of the buyer's <laughs> best 18, it's not that. But this week's a different story with, say, Lloyd, because a lot of teams needing to do this trade to get the 18th buyer. They don't have the spares like we did last week. Last week was most people had, you know, I had players that I couldn't even emerge. I couldn't even emergency ward law because I had everyone play. It yeah, just, it sucked. There was so many I hope players. they fix the buys next year because that's a mess. Four two six six. It's a mess of yeah, a buy period. It really needs to be six first. Get or six just, out of the done. Or just six six. Somebody six. said fives, and I was just was like, there? it can't be five. Well, that, why, yeah, it doesn't need to happen two anyway. I don't even know what's over four. Like it should, yeah, just six six. That's six. just weird. Four yeah. two six six. Maybe makes sons zero. Or, or four or per round like over four. Six six six. <laughs> just go four per round over four rounds. Doesn't work. That doesn't even work. No, four, four, five, five. Yeah, maybe. You you can't have five because then you've got an odd number playing one week. Oh, yeah, right. So just go six, six, six. That's why you don't teach maths. They they play six, six, six. Yeah, exactly right. It sounds great in theory. You might as well just play the the six, six, six. six, six. It's just natural. It should just happen. And it goes with the AFL. You have six, six, six. Do the boys the same way. But if they're going to stretch it out because this is how the AFL does things, it needs to be six in the first week anyway. Jeez, just, if they want to, oh, I can't go there. Stretch it out. <laughs> um, anyway, so right, fair enough. Um, for me, I like Anderson for that fact. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I quite like him. It's just, can if would I take him at five fifty? If I needed someone this week and I've already got Neil and I've already got like Sinclair and those guys, then I'm probably going Anderson at five fifty k over the others based on price. Now, if I hadn't got Neil, then I will probably pay <laughs> up for Neil this week and then hopefully get Sarong at a better price next week that's probably where I'd lean. Yeah. So if I've already got Neil and I need someone this week, Anderson's my guy. And if I haven't got Neil, get him first. If I haven't got Stuart or Sinclair, obviously you need to get them too. And then go and get maybe a Sarong next week is probably my, or Oliver next week. Yeah. And just pay up. Yep. Yeah. What else you got for me? Just a couple of trade out questions. So some people obviously in different situations with how many trades they got and how many luxury trades they can potentially make. So some people are like, no, I've got to hold Zeeb or maybe even hold Sheezel because I'm getting low in trades. Not a problem at all. And hopefully they can see out the season. All good. Other people said, that's what you're talking about, like the Team English debate. The one that's been really debated this week is Tom Green because of his huge break even, um, yep. which is at 142, struggling a bit. Like he's about at his starting price here. He's at 530. Um, you know, he's had the last three weeks where he's got 95, 89, 77. So clearly it's either... Yeah, maybe he's getting a little bit tired or maybe there's just something that's changed in that uh, because he's still getting um, bulk CBAs. So it's not like it's, um, yeah, he's not in the midfield. He was he was the clear number one CBA player this week for the, for the um, Giants. So that hasn't changed. But his ability to find the ball, uh, you know, he's only the 26 touches this week. Uh, he had the 28 against the Cats. So is this... You know, just Tom Green, like, you know, does he just need the week off and he's going to be ready to go? Or is it alarm bells and going, hmm, maybe this guy isn't ready yet. Maybe he, like we all thought, he he's the one that's going to jump up and he was doing for doing it for us early. Maybe he needs to be the one that side-swapped. What are your thoughts and how many kind of trades do you think somebody needs to make this luxury trade? Uh, see, it's interesting. Now, Green has... Four out of the last five rounds gone under 100. So that's kind of the appeal there. Now, it, he hadn't really been spoken about much before just because he's been chipping away close enough, you know, 97, 95, 
Last week was like Richmond and everyone's like, oh, hang on, a little bit of alarm bells, 89, and now he's dropped to 77 and everyone's like, get out of my team. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of chipping along under the radar knowing that he can pull out a bigger score. So he's got a 134, a 118, 135, 119. So that's where the variance comes in and that's where the balance probably comes. So the issue is his break-even, yeah, as you said, 142, right? So projected to be dropping 26K, which would drop him to about 500 flat before his buy. 35% owned, so if you are looking to get off, it's probably not a bad one to jump off on and hope, but he's averaging 105.5. So at that price, you know, would I'd rather probably play green over a Zeeble based on that price. You know, that's the kind of consideration. So if you dump him, then are you better off playing, say, green over a Zeeble, green over a Sheasel, green over a, um, a Ridley? those kind of types, I'd probably play rather play green because at least, you know, in his role in his midfield, he's probably going to go close to 100 each week with the big games that he has coming. Um, I think his price will probably stabilize though because they do play. I know he didn't do as well earlier against them, but, you know, they play Hawks coming up as well. So Frio, Melbourne, then Hawks, and then Adelaide, then Gold Coast. So two teams I think he should probably do quite well against as well. So he probably might stabilize. Chime in quickly there, Benny. Top 1%, so we're talking the top 1,800 players. Yeah, not me. He's in eight, nearly 86%. Yeah, that's the point of difference. If you trade him out and you go from him to another player like an Anderson, yeah. like a Sarong type, then that could really help set you up. Yeah, and this so is that's what we the point of difference. That 10-point variation, like Anderson, does he average, does Green average 10 points more than Anderson on the run home? Nope. Probably not. If, no, they so average if, you the have, sa- if they average the same, you'll get 100 points up from that trade. Yep. Correct. And that's 100 points is rankings. Yeah. So that, it's a big difference in that. So I don't mind Anderson to him if you have the trades. And I mean have the trades as in look at how many people you have left to upgrade, one down, one up, or whatever on those, knowing that one down, one up is probably not going to get you a Clurry. It's going to get you a $500,000 player if you're lucky. So... Factor in maybe if you go if you do go Himmelberg, what's your options there? If I go a green out now to an Anderson, does that allow me to get a Himmelberg after the buy and balance it out that way? And just sort of look at the options. So I, I don't mind that one. I've looked at maybe doing the same thing with green and just moving him on. And the reason for me is I have to try and stay competitive, but it's how many trades can you make? So I need mm. to hold. It's either I'm getting rid of Sheasel, probably or I'm getting rid of Zeeble, or I'm reading, getting rid of Green, or I'm trying to get rid of two. Yep. But with nine trades left and two upgrades still remaining, I'm like, okay, well, if I get rid of them and I get in a Himmelberg, can that help me now and later? I think That's if the balancing act. At least 11, this becomes a no-brainer. And we talk about like some people, oh, it's only 100 points. So I'm 740 or whatever I'm ranked, but I'm, only, I'm 600 points outside the top 10. So if that's a hundred points there, make up. And on the weekend, like I'm, you know, muck up the captain choice. There's fifty points right there. But it's like that's already. So I that's nearly 100- did the same as you, by the way, with yeah. captains. I yeah. stuffed up. I had Neil. I wasn't even paying attention. I had Neil VC, hmm. and it was like the early game or whatever, or the second game. I'll, as you know, I've been a bit scattered. Yeah. And then I looked down and I was like, hang on, why don't I have Neil VC and Dawson C? Hmm. And I had to see the straight up C on Bontempelli. Yeah. Like no VC, that just worked straight out up better C. than what my situation. Because I had two cracks yeah. and still couldn't get over 110. But I was um, going Neil into Dawson. Yeah, 100 percent stupid. Yeah, that, that you got lucky. I got there. lucky. 
Yeah. <laughs> one, one time, one time. It's, but that's the difference there. Like we're talking about, okay, how do you make up like 600 points, which sounds a lot, but there's a hundred points there. So I'm, I need to make up 50 points over te- like each week for 10 weeks to potentially catch up on people in the top 10. Um, and if so, they run out of trades and there's a hundred points there, the running there, out of trades points. comes in. So if you're, if you're in that situation, no matter where you are, like you can be ranked 10,000, 15,000, whatever. If you've got more double figure trades right now, these are the aggressive moves you can pull off. Not just necessarily your Himmelberg's keys, your cheaper options, but trading out highly owned players like Green, who might only go 100, 105 on the run home, but you're bringing in even somebody who's going to just average the same, but you know he's getting one extra week of 100. You know what's funny? Our community team, which has been going more for league-based, <coughs> hasn't done well. I think we've got some killer people in the community leagues, by the way, because yeah. I'm getting spanked. Oh, I was actually going to talk about that in a second. Getting yeah, spanked. Like, as in, I was like, oh, I'll just play, play the long game and I'll come and kick some ass in the finals, which we could because we've got 14 trades left and we've got a pretty good bloody side that we can start to make some move from. We're still ranked 7,000th. Yeah, I was gonna. So I was gonna say that because I think it's our. Are you inside a group? Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah. Are you inside? Is that is one of our groups? But we've got an actual community team as well, which you just yeah, kind of make. But I was first just gonna just say our group. Um, so shout out to Stephen holding up the. Um, so he's he's got an overall overall rank of thirty nine at the moment, and then you've and got, we got Nath as well. Uh, Nath in our chat group seventieth. Yeah, he's seventieth in. But he actually didn't shout out. Shout out to our group, but shout out to him. Um, oh, bastard. Then, yeah. I have. I actually don't think Chris is actually Oi. in our group either. Really? I was, I was trying to scroll down and couldn't find him. Like It's Nathan, it, right? Nathan, you do Yeah, Nathan. Nathan's flying. So, yeah. So, there's just a couple of people in the group there. Uh, we've got, uh, what's that? Two, three, four, five, six guys who are in our. Uh, so, that's Stephen, Adrian, Andy, Rehab, Brady, and Adam, who are all in the top 100 at the moment. Uh, so, good work for you guys as well. Um, and then even uh, I know we've got a couple of um, insider leagues sitting there. So I think at the uh, – We had one very highly say, ranked. Shout out to Keith, but I'm actually on top of it. So <laughs> I'll do a bit of a head wobble there. Um, but, yeah, I was going to actually – it was Mark that I was meant to be shouting out because he's second. He's been flying in this league as well. So, um, yeah, we, we do have some good performers out there in the community. So great work, and hopefully uh, you guys can keep it up. It would be awesome to have – yeah, uh, yeah, ten, fifteen people make the top hundred this year. Yeah, let us know if you're ranking well too, because I've been liking a couple just on Twitter, even. And I think it's great if you're having a good year. There's nothing better than everything coming together. You, you, you're feeling, you know, the fruits of your of your trades. I mean, we've generally done quite well. I know you and Chris are doing better than I am this year. I'm ranked. That's why I keep trading. I had to trade yeah. Clary four and a half thousand, and I said early on made such bad choices that I was like, I'm not going to do well. Whereas last year. It was very much an enjoyable process. So it is a good feeling and we like to reward it and shout out and I like the, I like celebrate the, people doing well. The rivalries because you can actually follow people's team. So um, I know um, like Jennifer um, watches here and, and the Center Bounce Boys and her team Hot Pie. So yeah, I've got her on there. I've got quite a few other people that, yeah, it's easy now. Like you just flick over to the tab to rivalries and you can actually click on their teams and see how they're going and um yeah, so yeah, definitely continue to message us and let us know how you're going out there. So um, then hopefully this buy period or, you know, you can maybe make a jump, especially th- these are the two weeks where the, the big jumps are going to happen. We're going to see some massive changes in ranking. Oh, for sure, especially next week. Anyone that has close to 18, I think 
is going to go up heaps in ranks because I've seen a lot of teams scraping the barrel, like starting to have a look at their teams, and it's very, 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 very dire and grim. So, yeah, interesting. Um, Yeah, shout out. So, yeah, the Community League, though, is one. I think we just have to try and push for overall now because <coughs> I thought we'll go the long game for mm-hmm. once and just make a few changes, like held Josh Kelly for his injury early on in the year, hold Ridley for his KO, so it's like short-term stuff. And we're getting spanked, getting like 13th, 14th out of 18. And I'm like, oh, great. So I can't even, I've got to try and make some moves to just to try and make the finals in those leagues. So shout out to you for kicking our ass, if that's you, if you are in that league. So now we're at 7,000th overall and somehow getting spanked every week. So we'll just go for overall with the 14 trades instead, I think. What are you uh, liking for your VCCs this week, mate? Oh, that's a good question. Make sure I don't stuff it up this week. (laughs) It's probably the best way to go. Let me have a look at my team. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I think there are some clear cuts now. If you're I think, one of the very few people that seem to own butters out there, uh, Thursday night, there's your Thursday night VC. But if they get five people back, I don't know if I'll like that. I still uh, think especially with stuff. like dog, dogs against North, I think you could go Bontempelli easy as a C option. Um, I don't mind. Your boys, Friday night's the obvious VCs, I think. Either Neil yeah, or Dunkley. Dunkley and Neil, I think, yeah. is definitely a good one shake for that one. Good. I'd rather leave. See, Port Adelaide, one of them's getting off the hook. Yeah, that's and the it, thing. It, yeah. It, it, you Butters don't know the quite most which one. to get off the hook. Yeah, but Rosie could go 150. He, he oh, has multiple times. Uh, Horn Francis throws the occasional 130, 140 yeah. out there. Geelong might just show up in a must win, and if they if Geelong win, then all of a sudden Port Adelaide's <laughs> pie just gets reduced, Yeah, generally speaking. So, look, I think Brisbane at the Gabba, they're a $1.23 favourite, so I think, you know, Neil... After what Neil did to them last year, I don't mind Neil as a VC. Dunkley's based on his late form, so he's on a heater. I can understand that one as well. Um, but for me, I'm probably going Neil into Bontempelli. I think Bont's if I've, the obvious, naturally the obvious one is the captain. Easy, easy uh, captain. Um, otherwise, he's it, become the, nearly the most safest players, but um, Tim Taranto against St. Kilda. He, like outside, I've also got one score under 100 in the last 10 weeks. I think it yeah, is. he's been on. He's been flying. One thirty six on the weekend. Ever since Craig, they actually gave it to him on FC, going and Corns was trying to take credit for it, going, "Oh yeah, you know, I pointed out his flaws, and he's become a better player." Like, yeah, shut up, Kane. Um, yeah, so Toronto's been really consistent, but four scores over one thirty. So it's four of his thirteen have been captain worthy. So that's my only consideration. Whereas at least some of these other guys with a high more, ceiling, but four, but that's actually four in the last eight. So once he's sort of got a feel of where he fits into the team, like that's every 50% of games there in the last eight is going over 136. Like that's huge. 50% maybe, Captain. I guess as a oh, VC, I, I, it's not I bad. think he's probably, he might be a more VC. Like everyone's going to want the Brisbane yeah, yeah. players. But because you've got the option this week, Taranto into Bont's not a bad shout either. Yeah, Neil's more likely to probably go. A, he could go one forty plus, but then, yeah. yeah. So you are right. I don't Neil's want, probably I don't more likely want, to get you a thing. teaser. I don't want to miss either Neil or Dunkley. Yeah, I'm Neil's likely, more likely to go one twenty, whereas yeah. Toronto will go one fifteen or one thirty five. Yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling like it's going to happen. Like Neil's going to Neil and Dunkley are going to put up one twenty this week, and, and Toronto probably the train going on one thirty five or uh, just. Okay, so that's why I don't mind butters. If you go for a really left field VC or someone like that, then you know they're going big or they're not going big. Like Dunkley, you know he's going big or not, generally speaking. You're going to take his VC or you're not going to take it. 
Um, same as that. I don't even mind like if you have a sarong or someone or rather like that as well. Someone who might just go absolutely big. You're looking for 140 plus. That's pretty much the area you're looking at. So Marshall maybe could go big. The other consideration, there is enough time between Carlton and Sun. So you, any one of those as well, you might even try and roll an Anderson or or roll one of those other players and try and roll a VC. But generally, Bont, in order to not take a captain this week, it's not a 120 flat this week with Bont against North, in my opinion. You need 130 plus this week to avoid the temptation. Yeah. Apparently, it's just been on Twitter. It's actually Maguire's song, son Xander, saying Jack Steele's actually been playing through a flared-up knee injury and should get up, but not necessarily might get up against the Tigers this week. But, yeah, so... That probably explains why Crouch has actually been. The I one need to just yeah, well. Green and Steel. I looked at my side. Yeah. I was like, man, Green and Steel are stinking <coughs> up a shit. And Sicily's Tribunal is actually on at the moment. Ooh, okay, right. So why don't I have that up? Yeah, I'm I getting, asked I'm you, actually getting you're reports meant to be from the, Nathan and Emily on this. You meant to be the man it. in the know. Is yeah. um, is our man? Is it David? Dave Zeta? Is he? Putting it out there? He no, is. I've been I've been actually getting Nathan's been the one doing the updates. Oh, no, Dave Zeta. He's he's where it's at. I think James James Sicily has had enough. He's scr- he's scaling more than usual. Oh, he can't be happy. Yeah, oh. da- yeah. I, I don't know. Apparently and I posted play, this as well. I don't think apparently it's they're suspension. blaming blaming uh Brockman. Yeah, for the for yeah. increasing the rotation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know it looks pretty bad in some aspects, but I mean, he—I guess he dived and tried to bring him on top of himself. And how is he meant to know? And I, I go for Brisbane. This is the thing. I don't even own Sicily, like so it's man, not biased. The hard thing, because some people are saying the Mansell thing might not even be worse, but because it's Mansell, who cares? Because it's a Sicily, and he's so highly owned in Supercoach, everybody cares. They're like, yo, know, maybe, maybe Sicily's actually is worse technically, but where everybody wants to see him only get like one at worst because we want to all hold him in the team. This is where it gets really hard with tribunals because we get all biased on, you know, a whole lot of factors. Oh my God. AFL is saying that he could have chosen not to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> but this me. is the problem as well. He's like, well, yeah. I guess he kind of dive towards him. He's like, well, he's also captain. So it's poor leadership if he doesn't mm. try and tackle someone. So he's about to get rid of the ball. So his only choice is to, tackle him by like launching himself at him. Yeah. Sicily exactly. says McCluggage would have fallen onto him if there wasn't any influence from Brockman. So basically saying he grabbed him and <coughs> turned him towards himself. And the fact that Brockman hit him meant he didn't actually land on Sicily, but pretty much over rotated and hit his head. I don't know. I don't know. Like, as in I go for Brisbane, I saw it. I don't own Sicily in my team. And I think that I know he's probably going to get rubbed out, but I feel like he shouldn't. I don't know. I just, I'm, ha- I'm hating the lack of consistency. This is the problem. Like, the, this could be zero. This could be four. Like It's stupid though. <laughs> and I blame Christensen literally because who's his boss at this current well, point Well, that's the time? problem. I don't, I don't blame Christensen. I blame... Um, I blame Scott for leaving no, blame, and coaching well, Essendon. I blame McLaughlin because how you not put somebody in, in place in this situation? They put interviews out yeah. for Chris... Is it No, Brad Scott's position. Yeah. They put it out last November. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't filled his position. Right. And now we've got this absolute debacle where Christensen's doing what he feels is right, pretty much as a one-man dictator. Yep. And then oh, is all the interest of the game. So you've got admin interpreting, and I joked as well, saying he's probably got these quarterly meetings that he probably didn't go to, got the minutes from it, and now he's interpreting it the way he wants to. And he's no one's around for three more months or longer to tell him to pull his head in. Yep, exactly. And I felt that... 
there was one incident where it got overturned. They took it to the, you know, took it to the courts, overturned. It was like justice prevailed. And I felt like they've been pushing the barometer and pushing that limit until there's an outcry from the community. And that was weeks ago. Hmm. And now they're still pushing the agenda past what is acceptable. And now the community is blowing up again. Yep. So, mate, if, the, if everyone's outraged, maybe, <coughs> you know, hop back into your lane and actually learn something. And, and you see this even with the whole, like, we're glad Dan Butler Like Butler, got, so Butler glad he got, got off. off. That was but how does this even need to go to the tribunal? You know what they said, though? Oh, well, you tackle him and you need to kind of, you need to just drop and yeah. bring him down uh, this way instead of, like... Because of the intensity of the tackle, and he was I running flat straps. But somebody going like Blakely, no consideration that somebody could come up and tackle him from behind. Yeah. And at what point do players need to consider going? Yeah, hang on. You know, any player like, and this was the thing like eighties, nineties. Now we don't want to go and see bloodbaths and players completely. You know, I don't know. I will keep saying this as a supercoach show, but we do turn this into footy insider sometimes. But I think it's fair to go. Players oh, still need now. to play. Yeah, players still need to think that they could be that they didn't expect contact. That's not expecting somebody to come and hit you high. That's legitimately somebody could come and tackle me. Yep. I, and, and you, uh, well, you can't go claiming whiplash because someone tackled you from yeah, behind. You right. can get tackled from yeah. any angle, any angle, at any time. And he was like, he had plenty of time to get rid of that ball. And, and I saw it like George Warlord's first game. Now he'll learn it first player. First, yeah, you know, a first game player. The the speed of AFL compared to say VFL and under 18s. But he kept trying to take the ball on, which North Melbourne fans would be awesome. They're taking the game on, trying to take the player on, um, thinking he was Chris Judd already. And it's like, no, okay, you're a, you're an 18 year old. But the understanding that you do not get that much time as an AFL player. You're not all, like Scott Pendlebury does it best. He always finds pockets and seems to slow down the game with that. But that's a skill set that he has that very few players have in the game. He's got a continuum transfunction. He does. He hundred percent does. Uh, so I, it's amazing how many of these players do get the ball, and it's just like, oh, I'm not expecting any contact to happen. So yeah, what's that from? Good. Like, dude, where's my car? Yes. Show yes. us the continuum yeah. transfunction. You're right. It just makes everything slow down. Yeah. So yeah, it's glad that you know the result happened the way it should have, but it should have never got to that point anyway. Oh, I was teeing off on Twitter and I don't normally, I think even with the one I blew up about weeks ago, because it's like one thing you can kind of take, another thing you can kind of take, and then it gets to a point I'm like, nah, enough's enough. Like, it's honestly, if it <clears throat> impacts the ability, and they're kind of marketing it to casual players, because a casual player is not going to know every single player, and it's like, oh, Butler's rubbed out for a week. They're not going to know. They rock up to a game. They're not going to go, oh, is Butler playing? Mm. They're not going to have any idea. I mean, just look at Collingwood booing bloody Grundy. They have no idea why he left the club. They're going for the they're going you know, for the casual actually, player. You know what the funny thing is? Because I was reading a lot of chat forums from the Pies with that. That's another issue in itself. Now, I, I've got no issue What with are you booing. doing? Do you have an alias getting yeah. in the chat rooms of yeah, Pies? Yeah, I actually do. It, like, it's amazing. So I don't comment on a lot of them because, you know, they a lot of clubs. Infiltrate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They'll let me add to have a look to know what's going on. Because uh, you do, the play, um, supporters do sometimes get inside knowledge and things like that. And it's interesting to see their chats anyway. So, But Colin supporters are going, well, he could have stayed if he was to accept three or 400000 less dollars. I'm like, in what way? I'm just sitting there going, I'm fighting back the urge to reply here. I know if that was you, Benny, you would have sent a 1,000 tweets back to him. 
going. Imagine what, being told yeah. in a job, hey, by the way, here's a contract. Yeah. We value you to do it this much. This yeah. is what we value Tell you at. You at. at. Now, all of a sudden, later. hey, by the way, we've got a few more people have come into this company yep. and we actually value you less. Yep. That's not good. How are you meant to be intrinsically motivated to show up to work and put in your role if they're telling you they now worth you less? Uh, uh, and I can say I've been through it before. Like my first year of teaching, and as you know, and a lot of people who are teacher friends or are teachers out there, and um, they still have a lot of contracts. Uh, so especially when you first get into it, um, like yeah, you can be on a one-year contract or three-year, seven. This whole so it's very similar to like you know the footy system. And we said that it's like managing a salary cap. Each school has a budget depending on how many students they have, so how many teachers they can employ. So first year, um, you know, get my job. Myself, seven of us come in, seven of us on one-year contracts. We've all got to interview to get our job back. Principal, the, the, the school goes, yep, you're the people, no problem. Principal comes in two days later to two of us, uh, who are the two youngest ones. Um, we, instead of offering you a co- your contract right now, we're going to employ you. However, there's another teacher that's one teacher of the year that we're trying to fit into the budget. So what we're going to do is hold off on your two contracts to get him in now while he is out of contract. And then we're going to move money around end of the year and then we'll get you to sign. And what naturally happened, myself and somebody else went and did an interview elsewhere and left because it's like, well, I'm not going to sit around and wait for that yeah, moment. Yeah, how can you compete with teacher of the year? But we're not going to even wait to see, well, what happens if something changes? What if there's numbers drop off and all yep. of a sudden my contract's not there? You've um, got to secure up your future, which is what they do. They do. play the play the market, and you've got you got to because this is their small, their limited window. Like football aside, that's a yep. limited window to earn peak money. Exactly. And if someone and you don't know if you're going to do an ACL, you don't know if you're going to get injured or get concussed and yep. impact your future. So whatever money is on offer, you kind of have yeah. to take the security with what comes with it. Now, Granny- now mine's, mine's funnier than yours, Swiss, and I'll try and um, <coughs> not to digress too much, yeah. but same sort of thing where I had a company was underpaying me, mm. like legally underpaying yeah. me. Mm. And I tried to look, I'm like, hey, I think you're underpaying me. And they're like, no, 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 like you're you're hired for in out there, yeah. but we're using you in here, mm. so it's a different rate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I was young. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, uh. Anyway, so I went and looked it up again. I was like, um, actually, like based on this and this and this, you know, I'm trying to lay it out. I believe I'm being underpaid. So I know it's not much, but hey, at the time I was like 18. I said that $15 or $150 that you owe me or $300, mm. whatever it would be. You know, I feel like I've earned it. I feel like I've worked hard for you and I feel like I have value. And they said, I consider this a formal warning for using work time other than that is described. I was like, you are kidding. I am entitled to look at my pay while I'm at work. <laughs> like, So I was like, consider this my two weeks resignation. He goes, finish, stuff the two weeks, you can finish out the week. And I was like, thanks very much. And then at the end of that, the end of the week, he tried to big boss come over to me and say, oh, like, hey, if you want to come back and work casual, let me know. And I was like, get fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, make, you make me feel like I'm not valued. Yep. If you make me feel like I'm replaceable. When I was doing two to three jobs for them at once, I was like, get stuffed. And, and same with these boys here. If you what- don't feel valued... That's Why? what Goodwin said. Is like it's just about making yeah. our players feel valued, um, and and that's no, like it wasn't the Collingwood members issue or the Collingwood staff that's in at the moment that offered Grundy that massive contract, um, because they didn't want the risk of him potentially leaving to go back home. But the reality is, there was people at Collingwood that valued him at that price. So it's yeah. like you can't be begrudging if you know they they pretty well like Chalor force them out the door um, because There's they've made bad decisions. People talk about yeah. loyalty and stuff. There's a difference between having a mutual conversation, mm. 
hey, we really like you. Hey, you look, you know, we, as you can imagine, we have all these players that we're trying to fit in. You know what I mean? Are you happy here? Are you willing to maybe accept less money now yep. in order to stay here and fit in with everyone else? Because otherwise it's, someone's going to get forced out. Yep. So that's a different conversation where you say, hey, yeah, look, I really, I do like it here. And if you enjoy your workplace, you can accept less money because mm. happiness is worth more than money. Yeah. Right? Facts. But there's, if you go and actually offer them money and you sign them saying this is what we value at, you at, you can't turn around and then try and get them to take less money because then that has the negative effect. Yeah, exactly. You don't open up that, oh, hey, by the way, we offered you this. Now we actually want you to give that money back. Like try and talk to someone at a lotto or something or they go to the pokies and they win. Oh, hey, by the way, you won, but you weren't actually meant to win this much. Can you give some money back yeah. to the club? You'll say yeah. get stuffed. Yeah. Get stuffed. <laughs> and yep. this is a, this is the thing that like a lot of the um you know the journalists don't talk out about say for example Richmond my, my club say your Cochins and Rewalts and people are like oh why haven't they retired and stuff like that I still think it's a part of it going in those premiership years to keep premiership sides together and no different to long okay we need you to play for less money now so we can get players in or keep players at this club however come the end of your career. You know, we'll keep you on a couple of years. And you see the odd player that gets paid 12 months to pretty well sit at home um, because it is. It's And it might, and people do say, oh, well, yeah, but they've earned all this money through their career. But in their peak, maybe Rewalt and Cochin, just using them as an example, no different, say Geelong, say Jeremy Cameron or, or whoever, Hawkins and that, but more the loyal players who have been there their whole career. Yeah, I could accept more money leaving elsewhere. I could accept more money now, but for the good of the club, I'm going to accept less, but what, you know, the club's going to look after me down the track, which is the case with some of these senior players. So I know when, yeah, they go, oh, why isn't this player retired or this player should move on for a kid? Well, hang on. They've sacrificed their own career and their life earnings. Uh, so yeah, it's good to see the club. And yeah. I've got no issue with that. If anything, they might just get delisted, brought in as a rookie, yeah. but still paying them a certain amount. Mm. and Or they'll be a an unofficial advisor. Yeah, you know, playing VFL, but kind of assistant coaching in the AFL because they still have salary to pay. Exactly. And that makes sense because especially if you then go, hey, we're going for success. If we win the premierships or whatever, we go through a rebuild, we're going to have money to spare. Mm. So, you know, especially for those kind of players anyway. And and I agree. I think Cochin, he is a, a veteran, but I feel like he doesn't have many tricks outside of the midfield, yeah. which is when they're talking about him playing forward. I was like, yeah. You've got some dynamic forwards, hmm. and I don't think Cochin's one of them. He can't kick at 50 metres that well yeah. at goal. So and you I, need I to be able he, to kind of hit. He probably retires maybe even after this week or, or close, depending on what they the conversation because he gets up his 300 games. But it wouldn't surprise me, even Rewalt, like keeping him on the list next year. Maybe it's a case of broken glass come in, but maybe it's a, you know, some sort of role. Maybe even that's with Cochin, coaching role where – and that's how some also clubs are getting around this soft cap situation as well. Where okay, we can't afford more assistance, so let's just keep the senior players on the list, and yeah. we can pay. I mean, them look at there. like the beast, beast McCluggage is still in the VFL, you know, and probably good enough to play maybe some club footy, you know, but playing these like Roberts, uh, so um, you know Robinson, mm. you know, stayed on for a bit more yeah. and played some VFL and then when needed, hey, bang, 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 injury. Hey, who's the guy that can actually come in and play on the wing or forward line? Robbo, just, mm. so, you know, like line them up and destruct them yeah. and go for that. So I think there is definitely some value there. And I know we have gone off topic. So by the way, if you've stayed around, this is good old footy chat because yeah. there's whiskey involved. Swizz, we haven't seen, we haven't seen each other in weeks, We actually mate. haven't. It's been, it's we haven't even spoken. I've pretty spoken much ghosted right. you boys mostly for two weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it, mate. I was, yeah. I was not like even the thought of recording or <laughs> I watched a little bit of footy. I think the Sydney game, I was like, okay, right. I feel feeling a little bit better, <coughs> right? And, I th- and, you know, I was like, okay, I sit down, Sydney and Saints, like that first quarter, and I'm just like, you are kidding me. <laughs> like I've, I've literally G'd myself up for this and having a couple of drinks and not nah, horrible. Um, but, yeah, you, it's – I said that. I was like, busy, it, busy periods feel free to in message work us and, if you want us to start doing a show, Footy Insider or something. Or if you just want yeah, to you boys, you boys up, literally oh, lose the talk. plot. I you lose the plot without me. Oh, Bloody you know the first the week. Because I watched, Chris Ritz, he did his own thing. I watched the first week. Classified, and then I listen to like SEN, and I sit there and and I think some of the like people on there do a great show. Like I, I like Dwayne Russell because it's more they get the viewers calling up, um, and I know a lot of people like tune in because of our opinions and our advice for super coach and stuff like that. But at the same time, I get very frustrated because you got people like corns and, and, you know, and that idiot Sam McClure and, and whatnot, they put, they, they might put out some good stuff, but there's so much other stuff because of the amount of media out there. They put out clickbait stuff and, and maybe they actually like generally believe it, but it just frustrates me. It's going, okay, no, people actually want to hear proper footy chat, not just you guys putting out clickbait stuff. Um, so yeah, it just gets frustrating and that's why sometimes I like us that they go, well, I'd rather actually just talk some footy with people because I don't get yeah, into enough either. Like I don't yeah. like, I'm not one to generally post and vent on Twitter mm. and sometimes I do. And I know I've I posted poor, um, is it, um, Timmy Mitchell, I put out a little accidental, um, tweet today. I was like, oh, you know me, like you kind of see something innocent and you're kind of like, oh, just kind of. Post on Tim Mitchell. Sorry, mate. I apologize for my crude remark this morning. Um, anyway, so I don't like to post much online, and even Facebook or or you know anything. Twitter, I'll put out some a few bits and pieces, mainly comedy stuff. Yeah, like um, bloody Hunter absolutely collided with um, Will Hoskin Elliott, and I was like, oh, hit him like a parked car, and a few you know like reminding me of when he did hit the parked car when he was playing with the Bulldogs, but um. Yeah, I, I don't like to. I don't vent as much in the public sphere outside of this because here you just talk, and this is where the opinions are actually live and formed as we go. Same as this whole format that we've pretty much just worked through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't like the state of the game at the moment with these suspensions and stuff. It makes me less motivated to watch. And the hard thing is because one of the only um, what's it? It's, uh, data measuring sticks that they have is by people of their feet. So attendances are up, viewership is up. So they're but like, casual. So they're like casual the people game are the is rage. in a great state. But the other part of it is too that people forget is well population growth. Like of course there's going to be more people watching footy just generally on every year because the population grows every year. And branching out to new markets that you know they uh, you go to some games and there's probably more, you know, you might have Chinese and Indian and, and other immigrants who are picked up the game for the first time. Um, so, but what you're losing is maybe some of those more entrenched fans, or you've got the fans like, you know, the, the, the hardcore members, which, you know, ourselves as well, that go to a, you know, a lot of games who are no matter what they do, are still going to be there. No matter what, going to be turning up and going, you know, I've had a couple of arguments on Twitter with these people getting to me about crowd numbers. And there is, there's always like, they're like, oh, you know, oh, You've got a hundred thousand members, and you only get thirty thousand this match, and there's seventy at this match, and because even though people are members, some of them are kind of casual members. They might only sign up to go three, four games a year. It's no different than people paying a gym membership. 
And there's a difference <laughs> no. between supporting the yeah. club and yeah. feeling forced to go That's to every right. single game. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there is a bit of, like, fans voting your feet. But, you know, Collingwood Melbourne, if I wasn't doing something yesterday, I would have probably gone to that match as well. It's going to be a cracking out. And, and more because of the, you know, the 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 freeze MND, which is an awesome thing. Uh, you know, the beanies, Neil Danaher, amazing, amazing human, should win Australian of the Year. It's And, and the team behind that. So you're going because of the event and the cause of that, but not. I'm not necessarily not going to that game just because I've got issues with the tribunal. I'm going to come and vent on our podcast, or I'm going to come vent on, you know, radio. Uh, but they don't use that as the measure. They're like, well, you know, people are still rocking up, um, and as fans, I don't want to not rock up and see my team or not rock up and support a cause just to prove their, you know, to make a stand against. And I think most footy fans are the same. So it's a hard basket a hard place for us fans to be in because we obviously are really annoyed with the tribunal we're annoyed that we don't get the full 23 24 rounds footy fixture we're annoyed with geelong putting short medium and long-term injuries what is that about as well and then (laughs) people like well you know if you're a geelong supporter you care the only people that really care might be you know us like your super coaches and stuff like that but and this is where it's hard i get it from the club point of view they only care about the club and their members and and i get that but at the same time there is 180,000 super coaches, AFL fantasy and, and dream team players. Some of them don't cross over, so there might be more. And I only watch other games because I'm a super coach and we're obviously in the podcast. So there is enough casual fans which are following the game because they want to know we, we are invested because of the games that we play and we want information. And when clubs stop doing that, yes, they've got a, you know, to their shareholders, to their members, that is their first thought. But when other leagues have more transparency around it, I think the AFL should get tougher on that. And even the broadcast rights and go, yeah, if everybody's doing it, then there's not a problem. So if, if every club had to come and be transparent about their injuries and be open about that, then there's no advantage or disadvantage anyway. So, and it just makes the fans and us fans who are following the game more engaged with what's going on. The most information he gets from listening to Scott in his press conference before after a game, he will actually say, oh, this person's probably a chance next week and we're looking at bringing these five people in or this one's Guthrie's still a while away or Guthrie had a setback. <coughs> Generally, it's from the interviews because yeah. they ask him, but not everyone's going there. And I think it's set up in the way for casual viewers because casual viewers aren't going to know. Before I actually did Supercoach for draft or standard, I had no idea who these fringe players were except for the big names. Hmm. So unless, like Sicily, him being out, is a big name. People yeah. go, oh, Sicily's out. Oh, he's probably being a flog, and they'll just go, cool, we'll see you in four weeks. Um, I have a lot of love for West Coast <coughs> supporters showing up. Fantastic. Showing up to home games compared mm. to the Carlton supporters hurling abuse and throwing See, scarfs and I don't mind all the rest much, of it. Because my, my theory yeah, is, like, you remember, like, maybe don't have to throw things to the players. Okay, so I'm not against Or hurl that, abuse. But, but at the same time... Everyone's allowed to, I think, support in their own way. I can understand that's if you're supporting. rocking up each and out, but if you're rocking up each and every week, you're paying your hard-earned money and you're feeling like there's a lack of effort. Like, that, what was it, 14 players had one tackle or less? Like, if I'm sitting there as a fan and I'm watching rocking up every year, you expect me to rock up to every game, which you do, and then you see that sort of effort, of course you're going to be emotional. Um, number one, now, Carlton as as supporters have been through. I think if, okay, if, as long as you're not being offensive, oh, one of them the players, was being offensive now, on the yeah, video. So those, those those guys are yeah, idiots. But I've got no yep. problem playing people 
passion, as long as they're not swearing at players, but actually letting them know because and we know they're feeling it and that. But I don't – my mate had this argument with, with people at a game because he's like, I refuse to clap them off. And then, you know, naturally people start arguing with him because they're like, no, you should always clap off your team and that. And everyone feels differently about this. So I think everyone Clapping's should be different because you're not giving them that's the the yeah, additional. Whereas you shouting or yelling, I'm like, well, number one, Carlton fans should be used to the disappointment. Yeah, well, no true. offense, no. Well, when they're at yeah, the bottom of the ladder, so right. it's like West Coast are having now. They're supporting them yeah. through that process. God knows why, right? But <coughs> that's the process. Doing a great Brisbane job. as well. We you went through a lot of heartache where you kind of go, oh, like that's just what you expect. So like you know, we look at like we might win some games and then we just get flogged. Right, but you just have to, and the problem is Carlton are in a very similar position to what Melbourne were years ago where they were expected to make the eight and they, they, they're not going to. So what are they going to do from here? Are they going to now rally together to get it all together in the offseason and then possibly win a premiership? Or are they going to like sack their coach again every two-year period? Are they going to be divided? That's going to be the really interesting thing for me. And I feel like they, you know, there are seven, but they're telling everyone there are ten. That yeah. we we deserve Dave. a ten coach. Yeah. We deserve, we have ten players. You know they're they're the ones swiping for only tens because they're a ten, and I deserve a ten because I am a ten. And they don't actually understand that they actually are a working player. <laughs> so that's a big thing for me. But hurling abuse, I don't know. Like I know one of my mates, Stu, shout out if you're listening. He saw Fagan, I think, walking once, and I think they got flogged mm. against the Bulldogs or one of those opening rounds where we didn't do well. And he made some remark to Fagan as he was walking by him in the park. Like, oh, hey, he's like, oh, hey. And he's like, oh, so you guys actually going to man up this week or like you're going to, you know, give these boys some accountability or what? Yeah. And he's just like, like, fuck off, mate. And just yeah. walks off, you know? So but I think there the is a line time, to I can draw. understand because you're sitting there as a fan going, but are you going to some accountability? If, like, if, you're, yeah. if you're taking it that personally that you feel the need to abuse yeah. and get really vocal, then I think that's more on you because. But there's a, the difference between abuse and. I think it's also pat like I, I think there's a fine line, but there's yeah. 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 So if you if you're if if you're in that situation with, with your mate there and he's not being abusive, I can understand Fagan's reaction, but at the same time, like you're sitting there going, Okay, I'm venting and no one's listening. Like the club's like, any chance? Like any chance you guys can play man up footy? Like and I've been through it with Richmond. And you walk out games and you're just like why okay, you want me to rock up next week. Why am I rocking up next week when uh, yeah, I uh, you're showing the same thing each and every week. I nearly walked out from Brisbane once, but it was the problem was it took me about 45 minutes to get to the game. So I'm yeah. like, yeah. Well, where am I going? Uh, and I don't, walk, <laughs> I, don't I, walk, out. I don't walk out like leave early. So I've sat through I've sat through like 150 point droppings before, and it's it's hard because you're like everybody else. Like, well, I've got better things to do. I'm out of here. Well, you so, also sat on uh, was it a goal after the siren down the Gold Coast? You I saw sat it. On Essendon, many goals Essendon. after the siren. Yeah, well, Essendon guys, against Brisbane up here was to, horrible. To recount how many goals after the siren I've actually sat through and that, and it's quite a few. Uh, mm. And there, and that was the thing in Richmond the last two years, like losing close games, the frustration there, like. And and I know that I'm sure they're trying it. I'm sure they're trying to do things. But as fans, you're like, okay, I'm rocking up and I'm watching the same thing every, each and every time. So how do I get to where, – where's my channel to vocalize that? And you know, Hop on who are Twitter. The, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's otherwise um, you go on Twitter and that. and oh, yeah. How good, how good was it? 
Carlton posted on the Monday saying, hi, the merch <laughs> merch yeah, store is closed great. today that's due to a public holiday. And everyone was just like, oh, so people have to wait a day to return Shared their stuff. stuff. <laughs> oh, there's so many awesome. good comments. It was awesome. Shout out um, JP as well. Literally funny, funny, funny stuff. Yep. All right, I think that'll wrap us up, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. Let us know if you've liked, chat. was it about a half an hour footy chat? Yeah. Don't mind we it, really mate. Good to see you. Show, but it's, uh, Good to but see no, you. It's interesting. So hopefully we'll have, know some news um, with Sicily going. Oh, check it now. Forward. Surely they're deliberating. It's probably a well, long This is going to be like a three-hour tribunal. Um, oh, the other thing as well. So Australia is not going into a population decline anytime soon. So memberships will keep mm. going up. Viewers will keep going up because we have a large migration system because Australia is an attractive place to live and work. So education's high, workplace, stability, safety, everything is literally up. So even if our, and I know our natural birth rate, so births over deaths is slowing because we're not multiplying as much like any developed world, um, but we have such a, a, an extensive migration system that we're not going backwards anytime no, soon. No, of course not. Which is why we need to accept more multiculturalism and diversity because that's literally where Australia is going. That's where our growth is coming from. So if you're not accepting of other people and their views, then I suggest you probably get uh, used to the fact in the next 20 years, you're going to have to make friends and relationships with people from other cultures in order to survive. There's a life lesson. Uh, All right, let me go over. No, there's nothing. Well, you see it. Melbourne particularly has different ones. Like, and there's, you know, up here we've got these micro communities where you have different, you know, people living in different regions because they want to live close to, they're um, people that have same ideologies, you know, the similarities, relationships, et cetera, beliefs. So that's why you have these pockets or micro communities of people with similar beliefs. Shout out to JP as well. He's, his son's birthday. I think he's just become a teenager. He's, put, oh, out, he's wow. put out a pretty funny tweet about having dinner with your ex. Oh, <laughs> that'd be hard, hey. Having a kid with an ex, especially if you don't get along with him, that couldn't be anything worse. Like I – it's like the hangover or you wake up and you're like, oh, like what am I doing here? Except hmm. you have to see them all the time because you actually have a person with this person. It's a big commitment, which I think some people don't take into account before they go through that commitment. Well, no, you take you take into account the two minutes of... Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> of, I, I know people thing. in that situation. Oh, mate. Well, wasn't thinking about that at that two minutes. <laughs> Or, or the bad ones where he's like 18 and he's trying to leave her. So she, I think, well, we assume she yeah, got pregnant on purpose to keep him along, which worked for about four more years. But anyway, yeah. that's it from us. The wild, unedited, unscripted <coughs> version, half Supercoach, half footy chat. Let us know if you've liked it. It's probably just what you need during this buy rounds. Yeah. Let me know if you've missed me for the last two weeks no. because. Yeah, we have, Benny. We have. It might help. It might help, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Swiss, thank you for joining us. Hopefully Chris will get here, the, the menage a trois for next week to navigate through the worst round of footy, the buy rounds of hell. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Let us know how you traveling. Let us know what you are thinking. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers and good day. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 